Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on into Talking About Balls. I'm Justin George, joined as always by Kyle Price. Kyle, what's up? One day until the NFL season, my friend. That's it. We uh, we were going to do this episode last week, but ran into some scheduling issues, and we just kind of figured, you know what, fuck it. Let's just literally wait till the eve of the NFL season, and here we are, and away we go. So we'll start off with some NFL stuff, just to kind of coast. We don't want to overdo it with NFL, you know what I mean? Right. I don't want to go sport, sport, sport in that order. Can you ever really have too much NFL, though? No, not when the season starts tomorrow. <laughs> Um, so what we're going to do today, just a quick little preview, we're going to do picks. We're going to do our MVP picks, our Super Bowl picks, our week one picks, uh, rookie of the year, offensive, defensive, all that good shit. So very excited for that. You know, we love doing that. Um, and comparing and seeing how we do, I of course nailed Aaron Rodgers as MVP last year. I'll never forget that. I was waiting for you to bring that up. Uh, I'll never forget. I love being right. As you all know. Uh, so we'll do that. We'll talk a little bit about the Browns, obviously, because we are a Cleveland-based show. So we'll talk about the Browns, expectations for them, uh, realistic expectations. We'll break down the Kansas City game, and we will get right into it. So let's start with that. Let's start with the Browns versus Kansas City. Uh, save your pick, but okay. we'll just go into kind of keys to the game, if you will, things of that nature. What are you looking for? What are you expecting? Without without the spoiler alert of who you think is going to win. Okay. So I'll let you take it away. So I expect it to be a shootout. Um, I think the Browns realize that they can't just hope to sit on the ball with running it because if you're going to run the ball heavy, you're going to take up a lot of time, and then you're going to give the ball back to Kansas City. He's probably going to throw the ball three times to score a touchdown. Right. Even against our defense. I mean, our defense is by far improved over last year. But I still think that that offense can still score on us pretty easily. So I think that Stefanski needs to come out with a throw first type mindset, at least early in the game, and just try to outpace them and just try to outscore them and hope that our defense can maybe stop them once or twice. And then late in the game, if we have a touchdown or a two touchdown lead, then send the ball and run the ball because we have the best running game in the league. Right. I, I just, that's the key to my thing. If the Browns want to win, if Kansas City wants to win, they just, what I just said is basically, you know, just keep just throwing the ball down our throats. Their run game's kind of iffy because both those running backs, I believe, are kind of, um, they're, they're playing, but they're, they're semi-injured. Yeah, they've been limited in practice. Right. So they're not 100%. And the other thing, too, is they get a new offensive line. They got some new pieces in their offensive so. line, too. So that could be in, in favor of them as well. Um, and their defense isn't bad. It's not horrible. I mean, they could do enough no, to they could do enough to get in Baker's head that it's game. It's championship caliber. It's not elite, but it's championship sure, caliber. Sure, sure. And a couple headshots late in the game, they might win the game. So yeah. who knows? But we'll see. That's my that's my keys to the, both teams winning. I agree with you completely. Uh, my biggest takeaway, or not takeaway, but my biggest uh, matchup that I'm looking forward to is their defensive line or offensive line. I'm sorry, against our defensive line because that was the key to the Super Bowl win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, the the Kansas City Chiefs were missing. Key players on their offensive line. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense was on another level for whatever reason. I don't know what the fuck they took. It's like they had Michael's secret stuff from Space Jam <laughs> when the playoffs hit because their defense was elite. They were a team that halfway through the season were questionable to even make the playoffs. Right. And then they sneak in at the end and they win the whole damn thing. Well, they went on an 11 game win streak. Yeah. It's it was crazy. after their bye week. Yeah. They went on a bye week and they were like, I don't even know what the record was, almost 500, give or take. Yeah. And then they just went nuts. They went 11 straight. Their defense was playing elite. They didn't do anything. They didn't add anybody. You know what I mean? There wasn't any drastic changes. It was almost like they were slow balling, like, 
hey, we're just going to take it easy. We're coasting sure. into the into the meat and potatoes of the season. And then, boom, they put their foot on the gas. They never looked back. And we obviously saw what happened. Uh, but the key to that was their offensive line. They had guys that were hurt. Uh, Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz were both out for the Super Bowl, two of the best tackles in football. Mm-hmm. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took more than advantage of that. They, Absolutely. They were in the backfield disrupting Patrick Mahomes' rhythm, timing, couldn't he couldn't get comfortable. It was the it was the key to the game. It's what won them the Super Bowl. So I'm I'm wondering how the Browns are gonna play into that because obviously the Chiefs have replenished their offensive line. I don't think it's as good as it was with a healthy Schwartz or Fisher on the team. Um but they did add uh who was it, Ronnie Stanley, I think they got from or was it Orlando Brown Jr.? Orlando Brown Jr. from Baltimore time. That's right? what that I knew yeah. it was one of the guys yeah. from Baltimore. So they got Orlando Brown Jr. from Baltimore. I forgot who the other two are. I know they added some rookies. Um, so they've, I think the other guy was, uh, was it Wisniewski or something like that? Stefan Wisniewski or something? The old Patriot? I think they got him. Yeah, they, it's, was he left side of the... I think he's a guard or center. I could be mistaken off the top left of my head. Left guard, I think, right? Because the left side is where they put all the new pieces, I thought. Either way, but they got new pieces in there that will, it's not like they're going to miss from last year. Exactly. So I'm looking forward to that because obviously, as you know, the Browns have Miles Garrett coming back healthy. Um, He wasn't hurt last year, but he had COVID and he said that that, he admittedly said that that affected his breathing. He was out of breath all the time. And that's a huge thing. If you don't have stamina in the NFL, how are you going to play 60 minutes and last an entire season at the highest elite? level of he athletics. got COVID like middle of the year didn't he he did and that's where you saw his stats decline he was yeah. on pace to uh, possibly win defensive player of the year he was going to lead the league in sacks got COVID missed a couple of weeks came back wasn't the same player was still effective but definitely not the same player right. so we're hoping he's full go uh the one issue for me though is our newest addition uh Jadevian Clowney he's out with an illness it's not COVID related he passed COVID test he uh he's negative however he did miss practice today with an illness so it's Wednesday, a few more days to recover, but obviously you look forward to him practicing during the week. I'm hoping that it's nothing serious and he's going to be fine, but we'll see. Uh, but that matchup is ex- extremely important to me, the RD line <laughs> against their offensive line, because as you said, they have a high-powered offense. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can run the ball against the Chiefs and try to play clock management, keep the ball out of Mahomes' hand. The problem with that is he can get the ball with a minute on the clock, yeah. and they could score in a blink of an nothing eye. Nothing's safe are with him. Big play machines. So, yeah, time management means nothing. Um, time of possession for the game means nothing. The Browns could have the ball for, you know, more than half the game and still lose because the Chiefs' offense is that fast paced and high powered. So, I agree with you. It's to me, it's going to be. I think our defense is much improved. I also just think that the Chiefs' offense is on another level. So. To keep up with them, you need to have a shootout, just like you said. So, unfortunately, that's going to mean the Browns can kind of run the same offensive strategy that they had in the playoff game. Because if you remember, the playoff game consisted of a lot of drops from Nick Chubb, some yeah. big plays, the the fumble from Richard Higgins in the end zone, some huge plays that turned that game around. The pick from Baker to uh, Tyron Matthew. So there's a lot of plays that if you just don't make those mistakes, you're in the game with Kansas City, which is saying something. Wait, what did we lose at 22-17? Uh, yeah, it was something like that. It was a close game, yeah. but obviously Mahomes got hurt. Yeah. So who's to say the second half, the Chiefs don't blow us out of the water. You right. never know what would have happened. That's kind of how it looked that they were on that pace, but it's a whole new season, whole new team. Uh, Browns, especially a whole new defense. So I'm looking forward to the matchup. I'm looking forward to seeing if the Browns are taking that next step because a lot of times there, there are some unfortunate statistics that are not in the Browns' favor that show that teams that come in with a rookie head coach make the playoffs, 
play out of their mind the second year have a back-to-reality kind of season. I'm hoping that's not the case. I think Kevin Stefanski is that good of a head coach that this is just who he is and who the team is with him. So I'm more than confident the Browns are going to come out with like 12 wins this year. Um, but with that being said, week one, I need fans to to follow the same motto regardless. Because I know how Browns fans are. If we win the game, and you know you know this is going to happen. Super Bowl. If we win, yeah, Browns fans are going to say they're the best team in the AFC. Yep. Kansas City sucks. We can obviously beat Kansas City, blah, blah, blah. Let me, let me remind you what happened last season. Kansas City was beating the shit out of the Buccaneers in the regular season game. They beat them. I think that was the game where Tyreek Hill dropped. He actually caught a touchdown that was ruled incomplete, and it was the craziest catch I'd ever seen in my life. Even he didn't think he caught it, but on replay, oh, he yeah, caught it. Oh, yeah, where he fell in the end zone. And they never reviewed it. They never did anything. And it was a so catch. It was a catch, but they called it incomplete, and the Chiefs just said, ah, fuck it. Let's just let it go. So they, they didn't up, take yeah. the touchdown. But realistically, they could have beat the Buccaneers by even more. So they were able to beat the Buccaneers handedly regular season. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl, totally different story. Yeah. So I need Browns fans to have that same kind of mindset, win or lose. Obviously, if they win, be excited, be happy. But don't over-exaggerate the, the regular season week one W that you know we're the best team in football, blah, blah, blah. Because I guarantee if we lose the game, Browns fans are going to come out with the, oh, it's the regular season, it's week one, what's it matter? Right. Have that mindset, win or lose, is kind of how I'm looking at it. It's the regular season. Obviously, the win's great. Don't get me wrong. If we come out and we beat the shit out of them and they can't even move on offense, that's when you I was go, just going to say, okay. I feel like it matters how the 100%. victory is or how but the loss goes. let's just say goes. it's a close game and we lose by a field goal sure. or a touchdown. It's, it's a close game. We'll just say one score. Don't over-exaggerate. One way or the other. If you win by one score or you lose by one score, don't go crazy. Right. It's a long season. Lots of things are going to happen. Just enjoy it, but just take it easy. Now, if we get our doors blown off or we blow their doors off, then it's going to set a whole different mindset in Cleveland. True. But even then, like I said, Kansas City beat the hell out of the Buccaneers, and then when they played played them in the Super Bowl, they couldn't move the ball on offense. Mm -hmm. So it was a totally night and day scenario. Again, I'm not saying don't enjoy a win. I don't want to come off as like some bitter, like even if they win, like Bill Belichick, strictly business, show no emotion. Be excited, be happy, but at the same time, I just I don't want Browns fans to just get big headed. Is basically what I'm at. And I don't. Th- I'm not. I'm not. What I'm going to say here doesn't. I don't want it to seem like I'm th- saying it. This game doesn't matter to Kansas City. However, the last three seasons, maybe maybe two, Kansas City starts off horrible. They they usually lose one of the first two games of the season, and they have like a subpar record the first three or four games of the year, and then they end up going out, you know, to the Super Bowl or deep in the playoffs. So I don't, I'm not saying it doesn't matter to them, but they're not going to come out and they're not going to put their head down if they lose this game. It is what it is. They actually Kansas City usually starts off hot record wise. Well, last year they started off, I think, one and two or one and yeah, maybe one and two. I, I don't remember, they, but I know like the, the year before they were like undefeated for like ten weeks or something like maybe that. Maybe it was the year before that. They then, start yeah. off, but, yeah. they relatively start off winning. It's just the, their offense isn't as it's not in full gear. So they start off and they might they play a tight game against like the shitty Broncos or yeah. something like that. They'll win by like a touchdown in the fourth quarter, and you're like, what the fuck did the Chiefs? They don't stand a chance, and then all of a sudden everything comes right, clicking. Right. Right. Obviously, take it with a grain of salt. It's preseason smack talk, if you will. But I know the Chiefs have come out and said that they want to go seventeen and zero. They oh, yeah. want to go undefeated. But I don't. I mean, it, it's not going to happen. I don't think. Uh, I also think Andy Reid is too smart of a coach that if they somehow were like fourteen and zero and they lock up the West, they're going to start benching some guys because Andy Reid doesn't give a fuck about seventeen and zero. Andy Reid gives a fuck about a Super Bowl as he should. So not to get off on a tangent, but <clears throat> if me. The, if a team goes sixteen and zero this year. And it's not a perfect season because technically it's correct. It's not the perfect full season now. 
do the Dolphins lose their perfect season thing because now another team just went 16 and 0? No, to me, it's if you have a perfect season, that means your entire season's perfect, regardless of right. I get that. I'm just saying, yeah. but don't you think that team would brag a little bit, saying, "Well, we went 16 and 0 as well." No, because if, if, <laughs> if they end 16 and 1, then they didn't go 16 and 0. That's Man, those how I Dolphins, look at it. Are, those that Dolphin team's like hell yeah. I had another. However, game the this one good season. thing is we need to hope that either the Texans or the Lions, who I think are going to be two of the worst teams in football. <laughs> Go zero and seventeen because it's the only thing to kind of take. It's going to lessen the blow of us going zero and sixteen yeah, that true. year. I think Texans have a better chance than, than Detroit does, but yeah, I, I see your point. Yeah, both of those teams I think are going to be god awful. Tyrod Taylor, a, man, he's going to take that team deep. Yeah, he's going to take them <laughs> deep into a fucking hole <laughs> before he gets benched. Um, so yeah, that's my takeaway. I'm, I'm very excited to see that, and obviously you're excited to see. Just the entire defense, the the new revamped secondary. I'm excited for John Johnson. I'm excited for Troy Hill. I'm excited for Jeremiah Wosukormoa. I'm excited OBJ whatever. to get out there too. I want to see what OBJ is out there. He's another one that like I have some friends that are from out of town, and they're asking me, you know, what do you expect from OBJ? Like I have him on my fantasy team. What yeah. should I do? And I'm honest with them, and I'm like, if it's me, I don't play him week one. I need to see this guy play. He's barely practiced all offseason. Part of me kind of thinks the Browns are just using him as a tactic to make Kansas City game plan, but he's really not going to be that involved. Because I don't know. I don't think he's 100% yet. He's he's less than a year removed off a total ACL tear and repair. He's a freak of nature, though, man. He looks really good. I mean, don't get me wrong. But there's yeah. a difference between a workout video and playing in the NFL. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Running on a treadmill is not the same as taking a hit from you know the honey badger. Even if you have him out there... 25% of the time and he's running routes, he's a decoy for the rest of the offense. Exactly. Because you have to put your best man on him because if he does break free, you're screwed. Oh, he's still fast. I mean, he could still do some things, right. but it's just a matter of how active can he be in, in week one of a season sure. when he's barely played. So right. I tell them, I'm like, you know, if it's me personally, I'm not I'm not playing him. No. Um, and that's just me because, again, I got to see the guy play. I hope he goes out there and balls out. Don't get me wrong. I hope in the worst way. But, Probably not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see all the new pieces the Browns have on defense. Offense, I mean, the Browns are bringing back the same fucking squad, essentially. We just have Demetric no, Felton. No new additions other than the rookies, right? Yeah, Demetric Felton um, Schwartz. and Anthony Schwartz, who, you know, another guy that I don't – he's at the bottom of the, the, the – ro- not the roster, but the uh, depth chart. Put, him out, there, put so. him out there in a wide wide shotgun and just burn them one Mostly down the field. what we're going to see – yeah, he, he'll come out and they'll just have him run a go route or – They'll have him come out just to kind of draw safety off Nick Chubb. Well, yeah, you have to. You have and then to you guard him. him. So he's he's going to be more of a decoy than an actual presence, in my opinion, which is good. Is he is he want. is he faster than Hill? Are they same speed? I think he's a little slower. I think he's like a four three. I'd have to look that up. Yeah. Um I'm just but we have somebody who can take the top off the defense a little bit. Hundred percent. Anthony him. Schwartz is a a speed. He was the fastest player in the draft. Um, so that's what you're going to do. You're going to have to have him come out there. You want the safety to kind of pay attention to him a little bit. And then from there, that's where you can tr- you can run the ball. Because you have yep. shorts out there, so you make the safety kind of stay back instead of being able to crowd the box. And that's going to give Nick Chubb an extra three yards at least, assuming he doesn't you know make I just like the extra does. toys we have now this year. Exactly. You know? it's, it's great. Um, but I'm more so excited to see our defense. And I, I don't think anybody's hurt. I think everyone's playing on, on defense this week. Like Greedy's back. I think Delpit's back. They practice this week. They're not on the injury report. No, they're just they're all limited. The only person that did not practice today was Michael Dune, who's a backup offensive lineman, so that doesn't really matter. And you said Clowney because of it. And Clowney illness. was sick. Other yeah. than that, everybody was limited. Right. Uh, Taki Taki was a full participant. And looking it up, Anthony Schwartz is a faster forty by point four right. seconds. Point zero four. Interesting. So Tyreek Hill was a point four two or four point two nine. Schwartz was a four point two five. Mm-hmm. So I like it, but 
that's he's got, he's, got, he's, got, he's got some a way to go that's though. So without yeah. pad speed is how I look at that. If you, you need to be able to get the ball, get open, catch the ball, run because Tyreek Hill turned into a great route runner, great wide receiver. Anthony Schwartz has a lot of work to do to get. Schwartz in that has got good but, hands, but the route running, I think, he has yeah, to get. To he him. was he was just a burner in college, so right now he needs to adapt and know how to. You got your main objective in the NFL. There have been plenty of very very fast guys that get drafted. Right. A cornerback just stiffs them at the line of scrimmage, throws off the entire timing of the route, and they're useless. Yep. Look at John Ross from the, the Bengals a few True. years ago. They took him in the first round. Guy was a fucking burner. Shitty wide receiver in the NFL because he can't get open. Can't yeah. run routes. So you got to be able to do those things in the NFL. Speed only gets you so far. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I just, I mean, also with the defensive side too, with with having those pieces, we can actually run a defense that our coordinators used to running and wants to run. Right. A lot of schemes, a lot of different packages, bringing a lot of those cornerbacks or defensive backs on the field to yeah. to like you know man zone coverage. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But you're like you said, I'm just excited to see it all come together. I just hope I'm not let down at the end of the day. Right. And I mean, <clears throat> I look at it, Kansas City. I said this before, is one of our new rivals. I yeah. said this years ago. On here, I said Patrick Mahomes, assuming the Browns turn that corner, Patrick Mahomes will be standing in the way of us getting to a championship for many years to come. Him and Baker are like fucking damn near the same age, if yeah. not Mahomes is even younger, I think. Yeah. So Kansas City, I assume that they're going to be in our way because he's not in our conference or our division. He is, he's our, our John Elway as, you know, 30 year olds. He's our John Elway is how yeah. I look at it. Yeah. So, uh, it's a good rivalry game, good week one. It's cool that that's a rematch of how the season ended last year for us. We get to play them again. Um, but again, it's week one. It's a long season. Don't be too up and don't be too down. That's the best advice I can give. Running through the streets naked, screaming that's, Super Bowl. That's what I'm win. afraid of. Like I actually got invited <laughs> from people to go downtown because they're like, West 6th is blocking the street <clears throat> off. They're going to be playing the game on these huge screens outside. And I'm like, it's week one. <laughs> Because at first I was told, I'm watching it at home. I'm invited out, and they're like, uh, it's my brother-in-law, Khan. He, he invited me. I invited him over. I'm like, hey, if you want to come watch in my house, I'm going to have a projector screen going. Nothing big. Order some pizza. Sure. Nothing crazy. And he says, don't you want to come downtown in the heart of it all and watch it? I said, they're on the road. What do you mean the heart of it all? He's like, yeah, but West 6 is shutting down doing this. I'm like, that sounds awful. Like That does not sound like a good time for a regular season game. No. That sounds terrible. That's a that's a good on town you when you're like playoffs, yeah when right the Browns are on the road so downtown shuts down they have projector screens you do that for the Cavs watch parties in the right. finals you don't do it for week one who gives a <laughs> fuck like just watch the game at home that's crazy to me that's crazy and no, I wouldn't partake in it because if you lose it's gonna be very depressing and that's what I told him too and even if you win like you're gonna be surrounded by all these Browns fans but it's week one you're one and zero it's not the Super Bowl these guys are gonna be going crazy wasted people fucking hugging each well, other it's a work night like, it's a work night yeah and you have work the next day it's a late <laughs> game what's wrong with these fucking people I really I'm surprised we didn't get the uh, Sunday night game with it being Kansas City. Like prime uh, time, prime you time. You would think, but I think the way the NFL is doing it is they don't want the winner and the loser of the Super Bowl to have NBC games in the same week. Oh, I see. Or primetime games. So they're like, you know what? Kansas City lost. So they'll get the game of the week on CBS, but it's 4 o'clock. Buccaneers get the primetime Thursday night game because Sunday night is a coveted spot. That's mm-hmm. like the new game of the week if you're Sunday night football. Who's Sunday night this week? It's Rams and Bears. So it's not good. But don't get me wrong. I mean, the Rams are... An up-and-coming team to watch. Well, not up-and-coming. They have the new quarterback in Matt Stafford. They obviously have one of the best defenses in football. They did lose a lot of pieces. I mean, we have two of them in Troy Hill and John Johnson. Um, So we'll see what happens there. But with the Bears, too, I kind of think maybe 
maybe CBS was or NBC was hoping that a rookie would be starting Justin Fields. They don't. Yeah. They wouldn't get the fucking Red Rocket and Andy Dalton because who roll, wants to roll see the him? dice on that one? Yeah. But I also do think that it is kind of like a, we're giving this week to the Buccaneers. They're the champions. So the Sunday night game will have a good competition, decent teams, mm-hmm. not horrible teams, but not great. But it's to not take away from the spotlight from the Buccaneers. That's my the only thing I can guess. Yeah, we got enough primetime games this year. I because just, if you're the champs, surprised. you always start the season off on Thursday night. You get your rings. Buccaneers, Cowboys. If the Cowboys stayed healthy last year, who knows what they could have done. They probably probably would have ran away with the division because the East was so bad. But I also think the the Cowboys offense was was really good before Dak got hurt. Um I think Dak was actually playing like an MVP caliber player last year before he got hurt. His yeah, numbers that, were crazy. That ankle injuries. Their horrible. offense was a little like I think they were they were they were getting giving up not giving up. I'm sorry, they were putting up the most yards in football. Like it was outrageous. Um, Have you watched any of that Hard Knocks yet this year? I did. I watched the whole thing. Did you? I watched yeah. the first two episodes. It uh, it was terrible. I'm not gonna lie to you. The I, I wasn't into it as much. The Cowboys have no personality on that team. Right. They have really nobody that you get behind when you watch the show. They're all very boring. Um, well, I'm not gonna lie. Like the first episode I watched, watching Jerry Jones right from the get go, giving that weird speech. Jerry Jones is a like, very awkward person. Mike like, McCarthy is a really bad coach. I couldn't imagine any professional athlete. You getting, know what makes him the weirdest person ever? Up. Which one? Uh, Jerry Jones. Yeah. Which was putting that? salt on a fucking McMuffin. Yeah. Well, he puts salt on everything. God. He, he I, eats like a child. He's a billionaire, and they show him in videos. He's he's always got like little cans of like root beer. Fucking salting a McMuffin. Like, dude, you're a billionaire. That first episode when I saw him put yep. salt in the McMuffin, I'm like, what is he doing? And I also think that they tried a little too hard with Hard Knocks. Whereas, like, there was the scene with, I think you probably saw it, Jerry Jones' FaceTiming with, with Michael Irvin. And it's just like, who needs or that? they're trying it's, to bring the people back in. Yeah, they're trying to, like, show, Yeah, this isn't know. staged at all. Yeah. And then the people that they followed, they really didn't follow anybody big. I mean, they followed um, Trevon Diggs, right. their first-round corner from last year. Uh, and his kid, his kid was the star of the show. Trevon Diggs' son was really funny. That's Stefan Diggs' brother. I saw he called uh, Dak. Uh, he, he keeps calling Dak Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> he loves Dak, though. It's his favorite quarterback. He wears his jersey, but he can't stop calling him Patrick Mahomes. He's just a little kid. So it's really funny. He steals the whole show. If you get a chance to watch it, it's like five episodes. Um, other than that, there's really, there's no personality on that yeah. team. Micah Parsons looks like a stud linebacker. Looks like a damn good football player. Yeah. Seems like a fucking idiot, though. There, there were scenes where he's sitting in, in, in meetings after practice, and there's a play where he gets smoked by CeeDee Lamb. He's trying to cover CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb just fucking blows him off the line. It's not even close. Then they're back in, in the room watching the tape, and the coach is trying to explain to him, hey, here's what you did wrong. You need to look for this. And he's, like, arguing with the coach, not in, like, a malicious way, but he's arguing, like, well, no, I mean, I was doing this, and, you know, I did that. Like, he, he just can't accept that he fucked up instead of just, oh. like, you're right, coach. Then there's another scene where... He walks into practice. This was on last night's episode in the finale. It's not a spoiler or anything, but he walks into their meeting, and he's got a blanket on, and he's like, oh, this is my blankie. I had it in, in college. He's wearing his blankie around the, the facility, which is okay, whatever. That's weird, but if do whatever, you're a first-round pick. Do whatever the fuck you want, I guess. <laughs> but the coaches are trying to talk to him, and he's just sitting there with his head down on his cell phone in the middle, middle of the meeting, and to me, everyone else around him is sitting there just staring, waiting for like the next thing for the coach, and they're directly talking to Micah Parsons, and he's got his head down on his phone. And for me, that's a horrible look. If I'm Jerry Jones, that motherfucker is in my office as soon as that episode airs, and your fucking phone does not come into the meeting room with you. You'll respect your coaches. You'll listen to them. Like to me, that's just this kid seems like he could be really good, but he also could be a little bit of a head case. And I, I know I w- he had his issues at Penn State. I would love to see a Hard Knocks come back to Cleveland so I can see the Kevin Stefanski coaching staff because I feel like that's such a well-run, oiled machine. 
You know, that's the other thing too is that it, 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 we came off as so fun with the Hugh Jackson years because we had Hugh Jackson, we had right. Todd Haley, we had yeah. fun people here, Freddie Kitchens at that time. Now I think we'd be Greg Williams. We probably would be boring right now. Now we'd be very boring because I think Kevin Stefanski is he's a way he's a way more outgoing coach than Bill Belichick, but I also think he runs a tight ship like Belichick. Oh, he probably, he probably has he probably tells everyone what they have to say. All the or... players, it sounds like they fucking love and respect Stefanski. That dude knew how to win the locker room over, and he did it immediately. Well, when every player that, comes we, in, the, I think when every boring. player gives the same after-game interview, like identical words. It's like, like he stands there, hands them all the paper. He's like, "Here, like, guys, here, here's the saying of the yeah, day today. This is what we're saying tonight. Yeah, this is the saying of tonight. Here's the sentence you say every time they ask you this question. This is what you say. You're right. So, it's it's weird like that. I think it could be kind of boring with Stefanski, but I also think that you know it could be fun because we do have some personalities on the mm-hmm. team. The thing that would suck is if they do it next year. I don't think Landry and I don't think Beckham will be here. One of the two will be gone, so we're right. losing we're losing a personality in that aspect. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, we definitely fit the criteria of a team that could be on the show. Yeah, I don't know if they come um, back to us this soon, but they've done it before. But the other thing though is that they might be looking for a team. They need to draw some ratings. I think they thought the Cowboys were going to be the the home run hit because it's America's team, quote unquote. But I heard the ratings were terrible. The the Cowboys overall, again, no one very likable. I don't think on the anybody team. likes the Cowboys though. Like. No good stories. I, I agree. I think Fox just they still try to cram the Cowboys down your throat as it's like the the favorite team in the world. No one cares. Like me personally, when the Cowboys are on every fucking Sunday, I don't watch. No. Unless it's the only game on, even then, I half pay attention. Tampa Bay would have been fun to watch because I think Tom Brady post Belichick is fucking hilarious. I also think Tom Brady though would say no. Like Tom Brady gets the final say right. of that, and he probably was like, no. Did you, did you see him roasting Vrabel? Yeah, like being a smartass about He's it. He's funny. Like I, think I was Tom laughing has, my ass. <laughs> obviously, he doesn't need it, but when he retires, Tom Brady and like Peyton Manning. If imagine those two watching a game, they should together. do like a Netflix series, right? like a football like, I'd, stuff. I'd pay for that. If those two <laughs> gave commentary on games. I would pay money to listen to that. They those two. Together, together are great. Like that ESPN special is Peyton's place, I think it was yeah, with, with, with Tom both, Brady with him were, on it. They were so oh good. my god when they pulled up to what Nance's house and yep. were doing the three the the putting from Jim there. Nance. They were talking so much shit <laughs> to each other. It was great. Yeah, those yeah. two are fucking awesome together. And, and just even Tom Brady alone has such a personality that he he wouldn't let out because of Bill Belichick. Yeah. So I could see that being interesting to watch, but at the same time, I don't think Brady would do that. He's too focused. I don't think he would ever allow right. Hard Knocks to be around the, the Patriots. True. Or, I'm true. sorry, the Buccaneers. I don't think he's ever been on Hard Knocks. I remember, I, did they ever do one for New England? I think that's always been shut down. Off the top of my head, I don't believe so, because Bill Belichick, obviously, he's, yeah, he he's would never, never going to allow that. Could you imagine that personality on Because he's, he's cheating all the time. You think they want cameras around them all the time to get prepped for a season? Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens next year. But, obviously, this year... To me, Hard Knocks was shitty. I, I did not like it at all. I'm glad you committed to watching it. I got through. Oh, two I always e- watch it. Got through two episodes so far. I always watch it. I look forward to last night's episode. Was supposed to be like the cool cut day episode. They didn't even show guys getting cut. Oh, I hate. Really? That's, That's my the favorite best part. part. Is when they you get the phone call. They're gonna bring their pad. There's in. some nerd standing there going, "Hey, I need your playbook." And I'm like, "Oh, this guy's gone." All they did was show guys get cut, but told we want to keep you on the practice squad. That's it. They didn't show anybody actually get released. Such a PC world we live in. It was released with, we want to bring you back in the practice squad. And then there was one guy, I won't tell you who, in case you want to watch it. And I mean, it's obviously obviously out there already of who's on their roster. But they call one guy that was kind of on the bubble, and they let him know you made the 53-man roster. That's it. Nobody got cut. There's no fucking depressing shit. What kind of drama is that? I, I I look forward to that. That's my favorite part is watching some guy that you had to fucking suffer through this entire season of hard knocks with get cut. I love it. It's like HBO always has a knack for finding that one guy that you know is going to get they cut. They always try to find the guy, it. but this time all the people they followed, they yeah. all make the team yeah, in some way or another. Horrible horrible job by HBO then. Yeah, they fucked up. Not a fan. 
of this season at all. The Cowboys just fucking suck. No personalities. All right, so that was our breakdown of the Kansas City Browns game that led into a little hard knocks talk, which is fine because we cover all the NFL. Absolutely. Every little thing. Um, nothing really too crazy happening around the other world of sports. I mean, we have end of baseball season kind of winding down. We have um, the playoff picture, if you will. We have that up right here for you. For those of you not keeping track at home, we have Tampa Bay playing like they're on fucking fire lately, the Tampa Bay Rays. They are currently holding a nine-and-a-half game lead over the Yankees in the AL East. Um, Chicago White Sox are 11 games ahead of the Indians in the AL Central, so that season, or that's pretty much locked up for them. Uh, the AL West is a nice little fun battle. Seattle's come on strong as of late and surpassed Oakland by a couple of games. So currently Houston, Houston is leading there by five-and-a-half games. Seattle in second place, Oakland in third place. Uh, We'll get to the wild card after. I'm already here on the uh, National League page. Atlanta holds a slim lead over Philadelphia, two and a half games. The Mets are in third place, four games back. Milwaukee has all but locked up the NL Central. They have an 11-game lead over the Cincinnati Reds, who surprisingly, being 11 games behind, you think, wow, they must suck. Cincinnati's actually in the wild card picture, so good for them. And then in the West, you have the cream of the crop. You have who I think is going to, somebody out of this fucking division is going to win the championship or the World Series, you have San Francisco at 90 and 50. Yeah, I said that right, 90 and 50. One and a half games above the Dodgers, 88 and 51. What a division to and get then stuck in. And third place, who are also, this is hear me out here, 16 games out of first place in the West, the San Diego Padres at 73 and 65. However, that 73 and 65 record puts the Padres one game out of the wild card spot, if I'm not mistaken, or at least one and a half, something like that. They're right in the fucking picture. So they have no shot of winning the West, but yet they do. Uh, they have a, a swingers' chance, chance of a, no, they're a puncher's actually, chance. I'm sorry. I think they're in the wild card spot right now, right above Cincinnati. Uh, they're actually technically they're tied with percentage, but Cincinnati has the edge. Okay. So if it ended today, I think Cincinnati's in. Um, I don't, either I either way, but, but the Dodgers have the wild card locked up. I mean. I mean, I think that I think San Diego's dangerous in a five or seven game 100%. series. Hundred percent. Their big issue was Fernando Tatis was hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they they've been missing Clevenger. They had a lot of injuries going on. So now that people are getting healthy, uh, they're playing great. I would love to see them play the Dodgers. I mean, how cool would that be for the wild card spot? You have two teams in the same division that are already rivals. That get Huge the battle rivalry. That'd be right really there. cool. Yeah. Um, and then the American League wild card. We currently have the Yankees. And the Red Sox, go figure. So right there, same thing. Could have two teams from the same division, two rivals playing each other for the wild card spot. Uh, there's a couple teams that aren't too far behind. Toronto is two games behind. Seattle is two and a half. Oakland is three and a half. And then you have the lowly Indians who are eight and a half games out of the wild card spot. So it's safe to say the Indian season is done. Um, I'll give them credit. They overachieved. In yeah, my I opinion. didn't. I didn't think they did. I well. thought the Indians would be way worse. The scary thing is that they're only eight and a half games out of the wild card, and that's without Aaron Savali and Shane Bieber for most of the season. Our two mm. best pitchers. Savali came back last night. right? He did. He came yeah. back last night, but they are very strict with his pitch count. Right. He pitched great. I think he pitched like four and a third inning or something like that. He had like six strikeouts, only gave up one run, but mm-hmm. because our offense blows, he took a loss because we didn't score at all. We lost three nothing. So uh, it's good to have Savali back, Shane Bieber. You never know. Hopefully he's back by the end of the season. But at this point, if I'm the Indians, why bother? What's the point? Yeah. Why Why even risk him 
getting a setback. Have just, him throw some simulated games just to keep his arm exactly. going. Nothing, nothing. Just let him wasting. let him coast into. Uh, so what's your uh, what's your what's your pick? Camp, what's your pick here for the World Series? Um, that's tough. I mean, not to jump ahead if you were getting top of there, my I head. Figured, but just no, honestly, there. I just the, the way they're they're playing and how hot they've been. Um, I have to say, I'm going repeat of last year. I'm going to go Dodgers and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay Dodgers, huh? That was a hell of a game. I mean, that series. Was it was great. awesome. It was a really fun yeah. series. I think both of those teams, the Tampa Bay Rays, are. They're the blueprint of what the Indians are trying to be. The cheap team in the small market. Because yep. Tampa Bay has, like, no attendance. They have, like, no budget. But they just know how to put a team together. And, again, they're sitting atop of... Almost atop of baseball at 88 and 51. And, again, that's only behind the Dodgers, who are also 88 and 51. And then San Francisco, who's 90 and 50. So... That shows you how good the Rays are, and obviously the Rays have been super hot as of late. They are my issue with them though is that I think they're way too hot right now, too early, to where they're gonna the the, the bubble's gonna burst right before right around playoff time, and that's gonna hurt them because it's usually the hottest team going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If they're too hot too early, they're gonna fizzle out. They could be a first round exit. You never know. Um, it, it, a lot of times, what happens is a wild card team you can, sometimes can sneak in there, and they're playing so hot to get that wild card spot that they end up sucker punching the, the, the one seed. So we'll see what happens. Right. Um, I feel like San Francisco's kind of been under the radar the entire year. Absolutely. Like, you don't they're hear just, anything about them. They you don't just hear, win. You hear nothing. Uh, they're just a good team. They go out there and win. The Dodgers, obviously, are the, the, the talk of baseball with all the stars they have and some of the issues they dealt with with the Trevor Bauer situation and stuff like that. His, his thing will be lifted right by playoff time. I could see that. I mean, <laughs> based on every all the evidence I've heard from the Trevor Bauer saga is they've – the, the judge is in favor of Bauer. These women are coming off as, as money hungry. The one woman had, they found texts and messages from a friend saying, Ooh, you're going to be a rich bitch. Like they're all just bragging about how they're going after this money. Um, the one girl filed a restraining order and they it proved, was thrown out, wasn't it? Yeah. They yeah. threw it out because the Bauer's team showed evidence that she was stalking him. She's, <laughs> she's calling him while he's in the middle of a game and bitching at him for not answering and not telling her where to go in Cincinnati. And he's like, I didn't, I don't want you here. Don't be here. Like, stop doing this. I'm in a game. This is crazy. She's stalking him. And then says she wants a restraining order. Uh, I said it from the beginning. It seemed like a bit of a scam, um, yeah. like a money grab from these women. I hate to be that. I'm not victim blaming, but at the same time, I don't think what they're claiming actually happened. I don't think it was as egregious as they're making it out. I think Bauer's a, a weird dude. He likes the freaky shit in what bed. What he's into I mean, in bed is, you know, don't hold it against him. Especially if he tells you about it before you get into it. Exa- if you agree to it. And even the judge told the one girl that. He's like, I have all these texts from you. Like, you are asking for this. Like, you want it. You tell him and give it to me as rough as possible, this and that. You can't then say you don't want it when you have all this proof that says you do. You can't say I'm okay being chucked out, get chucked out, and then bitch about it. Exactly. That doesn't happen that way. After you spent the night. But what? And felt, felt <laughs> right. safe enough to stay the night right. and come back. But what a get back for the Dodgers if Bauer is ready to go by playoff time. From what I've heard, though, is that his time in in, in L.A. is done. Well, they'd be stupid not to use him if they could at least one mm. or two games. I mean, he's a hell of From a what I've heard is that he's... They just, don't want him? They don't want him. The The team has moved on, and because of his contract, it's just he's done. So we'll and see what happens. You'd keep a Cy Young winner on the sidelines because you don't want him. Interesting. Pride. Pride's a big thing. I guess. I mean, for me, I'd win a championship. I'd fucking take him and say, I'll get rid of you at the end of the year. Give me O.J. Simpson in left field. Give me Hitler in center. (laughs) Like, I don't care. Give me a fucking championship. What do I care? Um, Justin George, the best GM of all time. Hey, dude, do what you got to do to win. Uh, But, yeah, so that's the situation right now. Again, gun to my head. 
Give me Tampa Bay Dodgers. I like that. Uh, I think the very. I think another interesting pick, though, and I hate saying this, is that Houston. It could be interesting too in the playoffs, um, even though they've done it correctly this year. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. But they. I mean, they've produced and they've done well. But I think yeah, in, I mean, I think in a series, it might come down to Tampa Bay and Houston and like the yeah. AL. For, for them, I mean, the the West is kind of not wide open, but it's definitely heating up a little bit. Like I said, you have uh, Oakland and Seattle yeah. who are still playing good ball. Seattle is the closest. I think Oakland. I mean. I don't think Seattle has a deep rotation, though, to take them far. No, have... Seattle is one of those teams that just has some young talent that's just playing well right, right. now. Uh, I don't really think they have what it takes to surpass them in the West. Same with Oakland. Oakland was one of the better teams in baseball for most of the year, and they've kind of fallen off. So right now they're even a little too far for wild card uh, picks. They're they're right there, but it's going to be tough. For them to surpass Houston to win the division, I don't think is going to happen. Right. So. I mean, Seattle had to fix their – I mean, their biggest issue was losing close games. They went and got that closer, yep. which helped them maintain that, that win. Correct. So I don't think it's going to help for them For me, I think, I think your your division leaders in the AL are locked. That's set in stone. Now it's all about the wild card. Obviously, Toronto and, and Seattle are right behind Boston, but there's a lot of games left to play. We'll see what happens. But, again, gun to my head, I'm going Tampa Bay versus L.A. for the, champion, for I the like World that. Series. I like that. And that's that in baseball. Not not a whole lot else to talk about, really. You just kind of watch the, watch the the seating and. I'll start watching. I'll start watching baseball when playoffs start. So it's okay. Oh, it's playoff baseball. There's nothing like it. So <laughs> I've been blessed not to watch too many baseball games this year because I don't have no any way of watching Indians because oh of yeah them being on Bali sports now. So Maybe I catch the highlights. They're gonna try, but no, you didn't miss much. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll be the first to tell you that. What a year to miss. Yeah. So, moving on to the NBA really quick. The last time we did an episode, it was the night of the NBA draft. The Cleveland Cavaliers selected Evan Mobley live on air while we were talking about it. Um, very happy with that. Then the the Cavs didn't stop. They kept keep making some deals. They did trade for that same night Ricky Rubio. I think we talked about it on air because it happened before we got off. And the dude showed out in the Olympics. And then, yeah, he looked great. I mean, I think he, who, who better to teach these young guards than Ricky Rubio? I'm very excited for that. Uh, they did sign Taco Fall last week mm-hmm. to a... Non-guaranteed contract. We'll see what happens there. So we have one of the taller teams in... Taco. One of the tallest teams in basketball. It's outrageous. And then they traded for... They traded Larry Nance in a three-team deal and came away with Lori Markkanen from the Bulls. And that deal included a brand-new four-year, $74 million contract for him. So he's going to be here for the next few years at least. I I like him. He's a good player. He's seven foot tall. He can handle the rock. He can shoot. He's not a center at seven foot tall, he's a little bit, he's he's more athletic, Evan Mobley. They're both seven foot tall, but they both can dribble, they both can shoot, they both can kind of play like a small forward, power forward, forward-ish position. They don't have to be down low in the paint as a center. That's what you have Jared Allen for. And assuming he makes the team, that's what you would have Taco Fall for. I would so. love to get our team to stand in a lineup where it goes shortest to tallest. He's going to go, and then huge jump up. Yeah, it's going to be like <laughs> Rubio, Sexton, and Garland, and then it's just going to shoot up into the like, <laughs> 6'10s. Um, so let's so, talk about the, the Kevin Love shit. So you see, like right after that trade was made, his he refused to buy out. His agents came out and said, no, we're not doing a buyout. Which, you know what, at the end of the day, I don't blame him because he'd rather get traded because you can get traded and then continue to make your money. Right. Whereas if you do a buyout, let's just say hypothetically, I don't even know the exacts. So let's just say $30 million this year he's supposed to make. A buyout, I think he has two years left on his contract. So basically, he let's just say he's owed $60 million. The buyout would be, all right, we'll give you $30 million just to go right now. So basically, he's going to miss $30 million. As a Cavs fan, you're going, what the fuck, take the 30 and run. As an adult, as a human being, 
if you have a $60 million contract and somebody says, hey, I'll give you 30, you're going to go, fuck you, I want 60, because that's the, what I signed for. Right. So I don't blame them at all. <clears throat> Are they um, going to trade him, though? Um, what's, what's the value for a Kevin Love right now? It, it, it's tough. You're going to have to throw in a Sexton or a Garland, which I don't think they're willing to do to get rid of him because a team's not going to take on his contract just on its own. Right. No team will do that. So he's essentially untradeable. I also don't think that – I think he got a bad rap here in Cleveland. I think a lot of fans just got pissed off because they went from watching the team in the finals for four straight years to watching them suck and Kevin Love be a part of that. Kevin Love and J.R. Smith were both very blunt. They both said when LeBron left – they were told, we are not tanking and rebuilding. The Cavs did just that. They tanked and rebuilt. Yep. So you could be mad at Kevin Love all you want for being pissed off, but as a pro athlete, when you sign a contract with the team and they, they promise you something and they don't do it, you'd probably be mad too because Kevin Love doesn't want to be on a shitty losing team. He wants to go out there and play and compete and win games. The Cavs were clearly tanking for the past four seasons, three seasons, whatever. Um, two, I guess. God, has it been only two years since LeBron left? 2003 three three 18, it's been three sorry 18 19 20, 20 yeah three so three years since lebron yeah. left it's been three years of garbage for the cavaliers three lottery picks three losing seasons three embarrassing years right so as kevin love as your career's winding down you won a championship in cleveland you're a local hero everyone loved him now he's on this shitty team and he's getting blamed for all of it like it's his fault the guy barely plays why are you mad at kevin are love? you going to bench him all year though or are you going to move him into this rotation um I think he would have a part in it. I could also see them doing like what they did with Andre Drummond, which is unfortunate, and that's just not play him because mm-hmm. they want to keep his value. But at the same time, you're not you're not trading him. No one's taking Kevin Love's contract in a trade straight up. You have to gut your team a little bit and get rid of some key pieces in order to get rid of him, and I don't think they want to do that either. Since he's not willing to take the buyout, I think you're just stuck with him. Yeah. So I think at this point, he's a veteran. He's arguably a Hall of Famer. He's a, he's a multi-time uh, all-star. He's not a bad player to coach these younger guys. Um, So I'm okay with him being on the team. Mm. He's already, everyone you have on your team is already against the cap. Like your, your cap situation is what it is. It's just the facts. You're not getting, you're not trading Kevin Love today, opening up that cap space and then signing, you know, a a superstar. Right. That's just not how it works. So take what you have. I don't understand why, why Cavs fans act like Kevin Love has to go. Right. He's the key to our team, win or lose. I think it's really one of those things where it, at the time it made sense that, oh, we're signing this guy, so Kevin Love's leaving. Because yeah. this guy essentially is taking Kevin Love's right. spot. So it just made to sense. Extent, because, I mean, Kevin Love, can he's mainly a four. He can play a little bit of the five if you want to go with a little bit of a smaller rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Lori Mark Markkanen will play the three. He can play the four if you want. He can play the five. Yeah. So these guys can be on the floor with Kevin Love at the same time. It's not that big of a deal. Right. I think a lot of fans are kind of stuck in their ways of, like, video games where... You have point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. That's it. Sure. Those guys play one position. Players are so versatile nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's really not that big of a deal that you you could see, you could see Evan Mobley, Laurie Markkanen, and Jared Allen on the on the field at the, on the court at the same time. Yeah, three seven footers. One's your small forward. One's your power forward. One's your center. Normally, in any other year, you would think those guys are centers. They're seven foot tall. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily going to be the case. So I think the versatility, the athleticism, shit like that that the Cavs have, it's going to work in their favor. Me personally, I'd love to see Kevin Love get out there and play a little bit. I would like them to use him. I don't. I obviously don't think he'll be a huge part of the rotation. I don't think he'd be a starter by any stretch. But I think if he's on the team, he holds value. Let him possibly get into coaching eventually down the line. Let him teach some of these young players. 
I do understand their main objective is to get him off this roster. Mm-hmm. They want to put him on a contender. Um, but the problem for Kevin Love is if he does a buyout, maybe because he has a bit of a bad reputation now because of some of the issues with the team, he's afraid if he gets bought out, nobody's going to want him. Right. So he'd rather be traded where you're damn near guaranteed that roster spot. So I understand what he's where he's coming from. A buyout could potentially mean you have to go then sign for like the league minimum on some team that you maybe don't even want to play for. So he'd say, fuck it. I'm comfortable in Cleveland. I've lived here for the last six years, seven years, whatever. He's like, fuck it. I'm staying. Yeah. So I, uh, it, it's a double-edged sword. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But it looks like Kevin Love's going to be on this team for the foreseeable future, at least until next year. Next year, he becomes way more tradable, but that's assuming he makes it through this entire year with us. We'll see what happens. But Not to stick on basketball, but do the Cavs have enough to at least make the uh, eighth seed in the playoffs? Tough to say. I mean, I would have thought so last year with what we had, and now we've added some better pieces, and it looks like we're a good team. But at the same time, they haven't been able to put it together yet, so right. I'm not going to hold my breath. I think Evan Mobley is a huge work in progress. I really like him. I like his um, the prospect of him, but I do think he needs a lot of help. He needs to put a little size on him because he's going to get beat up a lot by some of the bigger centers, bigger players, I should say. Um, he, he has a lot of work to do. I watched him in the summer league after we drafted him. He looked good at times. He looked a little off at times. But it's mm-hmm. Summer League. Don't read too much into it. Uh, we'll see what happens. Same thing with guys that have been here for a while. Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Those are guys that on one night look like superstars. The next night, they don't show up. So right. we need consistency. We need somebody to step up, somebody to actually be the the star player. You don't win in the NBA without star players. Right. Somebody needs to step up and be that star player. So we'll see what happens. I like the roster. I think it's definitely... <clears throat> a low seed in the playoffs if if possible like if they play up to their potential um so we'll see and it's this, the east i mean we always to have me, a this chance is, to slide this is in. the year i mean kobe altman's job is on the line in my opinion i think jb bickerstaff's job is on the line in my opinion these are guys it's time to shit or get off the pot hmm. that's it should be interesting to watch i'm excited i mean I'm, I'm a big Cavs fan win or lose i love the sport of basketball uh speaking of basketball the los angeles lakers made a major trade a couple days after the draft, I think, I think it was, and they acquired Russell Westbrook. So they are officially a new three-headed monster. They brought back Rajon Rondo. They brought back Dwight Howard from the championship uh, roster. So I like what they're doing with Frank Vogel and, and LeBron and all them. And if they stay healthy, I think the Lakers are legitimately a team to beat. I think mm-hmm. they're a damn good team. Who was the guy that, that is going to get bought out and he might sign with the Lakers? Wasn't there someone from Brooklyn? Um... I'm not positive. Maybe Lamarcus there, Aldridge was floating around no, out there. No, Aldridge is going to Brooklyn. Yeah, he's going back that, to Brooklyn. There was a trade that was going to, I think, Detroit, and Detroit's buying his contract out. I'm not sure up the top of my head. I'd have to. Well, while you're talking, I'm going to quickly look this Sounds up. Sounds good. Because, so, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, LeBron's not getting any younger. The Brooklyn Nets are, of course, a, a team to look out for, especially in the East. Um, Philadelphia's situation is is tricky. Because Ben Simmons, I don't think they're going to be able to repair that relationship. So Ben Simmons wants out of Philadelphia, it seems like. And at the same time, it kind of sounds like they want him out. But then I don't think they were able to find any trade suitors. So then it turned into, no, 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 we've always wanted Ben Simmons here, blah, blah, blah. And it kind of doesn't feel that way anymore. And DeAndre Jordan. Oh, okay, I forgot about DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. So they trade him to Detroit. Detroit's going to buy him out. And rumors are he might just go sign with the Lakers. I can see that. I mean, that's a good center. He He's kind of unproductive at this point, but... As a veteran center on your team, I don't think it could be a bad thing to have right, him backing right. up Anthony Davis or Dwight Howard or you know whoever. So, not horrible, but also I don't think it's going to push the needle one way or the other. Sure. 
excuse me. So we'll obviously we'll do an NBA preview in a couple of weeks before the season starts. Um, but yeah, you obviously have the the Nets and Lakers, two of the best teams. Phoenix brought back most of their guys. Um, I said it last year. I kind of think the NBA was a little fluky going <laughs> into the, the playoffs injuries, yeah. because injuries won, and the further your team went into the playoffs last year because of the the COVID situation, um, the 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 less of an off season you had. So the Lakers were tired as fuck. The Heat were tired as fuck. The the Sixers looked winded at the end of the season because they they went deep into the playoffs. Um, obviously injuries didn't help the Brooklyn Nets, but Kevin Kevin Durant was fucking dead tired at the end of that series against the Bucks. Um, we well, carried the entire team on his back. He did, yeah. I mean, Kyrie was hurt, <clears throat> and James Harden tried to play, but he was, you know, a shell of himself out there. So Kevin Durant carried the Brooklyn Nets, and he 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 was dead tired. He gave it everything he had. So kudos to him for that. But again, I think that's kind of where the size and, and strength of the Bucks played into it. They just beat up on teams. I don't think they're necessarily a great basketball team. I know they just won a championship, so I sound like an idiot saying that. But I really don't. <laughs> they're horrible. I really at don't think the Bucks are that good of a basketball team to where they're a threat to repeat. Um, I think Giannis is a good player, but I also think he's kind of like Shaq, where he's like limited. Like he just bullies people. So if you can get him into foul trouble, kind of take away his his bread and butter shots, that team struggles. So we'll see what happens next year. I don't know if the Bucks are a legitimate threat again out of the East, but it would be fun to watch them in the in the Nets. And then in the West, it's kind of wide open. You have the Lakers. You have a healthy Golden State Warriors, assuming, um, with Clay Thompson coming back. So they're obviously now they've they've jumped up to a team to watch. You have the Suns again, full health, um, almost full health or full squad. I mean, coming back. Uh, Portland. Anytime you have Dame Lillard, you Utah. have a chance to 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 score some points in the playoffs and lose in the first round. And then that's about it for the West, unless I'm forgetting anybody. Utah. Yeah, Utah's a good team. They're another one that you they'll know, they be in the injuries. playoffs. I mean, they'll... yeah, they'll they'll be in the playoffs, and then even uh, Denver, Jamal Murray got hurt. Yeah. They're a good team. Got the Jokic just won MVP. The, yeah. yeah, Jokic won the MVP, and then Jamal Murray got hurt. Who knows what would have happened with them if if he was healthy? So it's gonna be fun. I love I love the NBA. I, I truly do. I think the sport of basketball is fucking awesome to watch. It's so fun. So we'll see what happens there. We'll talk about that at another time. With that being said, picks two thousand twenty one. NFL season kicks off in about 24 hours from now. I was going to say, quarter since, to eight. since we're doing picks, we're both in that pick em thing this year. Yeah. Do you want to take our picks from that and put it like as a me versus you for the year? Oh, yeah, we can do that. Just finger small, small side bet or yeah. whatever. So he has the best cool record at the end of the year. And we'll, just, we'll, we'll obviously read them off one by one yeah. here on the on the show just so everybody at home can play along with us. If you guys are interested, I mean, we're running out of time. If you listen to this. Hit me up. Kyle and I are in a weekly pick'em. It's twenty-five bucks a person. Yes. Uh, you literally get the picture sent to you every week. The page with all the games. You submit your picks, and they keep track of it. Brian, I mean, it's pretty good payout. The end yeah, of the year too. Solid payout. We have like twenty-something people. Yeah. Twenty-five bucks mm-hmm. a person. I think we're doing first, second, third payout. I think that's what we voted on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So if you're interested, obviously you got to listen to this podcast and get get in touch with me before eight o'clock tomorrow night. But I'll do my best to try to get you in it if you want. Um. But we'll wait on. Uh, on all that, we'll start off with our predictions for the season. Okay. So first and foremost, we started off talking about the Browns. We might as well start this off with the Browns. How, what do you see the season, their season being, the Cleveland Browns? Like the record? Record, what happens in, in their playoffs. Oh, man. Um, hmm. Et cetera. I have them at a 12-5 and five or a 13-4 season. Okay. So I think they're going to make it. 
I have them in the AFC Championship, but I have them. That's and I'm hoping for that. Uh, it's going to come down to them going against either Buffalo or Kansas City. Um, but it's it's going to be interesting. I have them winning. Okay, they're winning the division. I have the Browns winning our division, and then I have them going to the AFC Championship. And like I said, either thirteen or five or twelve. I mean, thirteen and four or twelve and five season. Um, I don't have them going any further than that, though. Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, I mean, I'll give it a, a, as quick of a breakdown as I can. I don't want to sound like a like I'm beating a dead horse. You guys know where I stand on the team and everything. And I uh, again, I get a lot of I, I, I catch a lot of flack because I don't want to suck Baker's dick, like some people. Baker's a good quarterback. He's a very good NFL quarterback. Is he great? Is he elite? No. Is Baker, you know, in, in AEW, is he all elite? No. No, he's not. <laughs> good reference. He's good. He's not great. Obviously, that could change. His year, this year, with Stefanski, um, he could have he could take it to the next level. He is going into year four. His numbers have been fairly consistent regardless of the head coach in his first three seasons in the NFL, which is why I don't understand the argument Browns fans give me of, oh, well, he's in his second year with the new coach. It's like, well, his numbers have been damn near identical all three seasons, regardless of his head coach. It's almost like Baker just is who he is. It's not that he's a product of a coach or something like that, or he's going to just all of a sudden roll out of bed and throw 50 touchdowns this year. I think he just is who he is. He's a 25 to 30 touchdown a year quarterback. He's going to maybe throw it about low 60 percentages. He's going to maybe get you about 4,000 yards. And as long as he keeps the interceptions low, that's the fucked up thing that Browns fans tried to throw in my face is they say how much better he got. His touchdowns and yards were damn near identical. His completion percentage was damn near identical. His interceptions were lower. That's it. So one stat went down, nothing else changed. Like, nothing else went up. It wasn't like he threw 15 less interceptions this year and 10 more touchdowns. Everything else stayed the same. So he just protected the ball a lot better, which I think has a lot to do with Stefanski in the offense. I think Stefanski knows what situations to put Baker in, what plays to call that aren't too risky, etc., etc., Baker did have a fumbling issue last year, which nobody really wants to talk about when I bring that up, but I digress. Um, he fumbled some key balls you away. just have that shovel times. whenever you want to throw the dirt on, don't you? It's just facts. It's, it's honestly just... I get it's, it. But... It's because I get fans that throw these ridiculous stats in my face about Baker that I have legit ones. Like, you know how many times people have sent me these memes that show the only quarterbacks in NFL history to have 75 touchdowns in their first three seasons are Patrick Mahomes... Dan Marino and Baker Mayfield, and they're like, whoa, look at these fucking stats. Great company. And it's like, do you really think Baker Mayfield is on the same level as Dan Marino and Patrick Mahomes? Two guys that have won MVPs, etc. Like, let's be realistic. Baker's numbers look good, but not anything special. The guys, So what kind of year does Baker have to have for you to get off of the... Uh... For me, I mean, he's the number one overall pick. We okay. want to win a Super Bowl. Play like, be in the MVP discussion. Okay. It, make a Pro Bowl, for fuck's sake. You're near four, and you haven't even sniffed the Pro Bowl, and Browns fans tell me how great this guy is. You, you, fucking Derek Anderson went to the goddamn Pro Bowl. Baker can't even get to a Pro Bowl. Anderson had a good season that year. He had a very good season. <laughs> and Baker's had three okay seasons. Okay. But realistically, and I've said it all along, you got to play like an MVP. You, the If you look at the, the, the championship games last season, you had Green Bay against Tampa Bay and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, who were two of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. In the AFC, you had Mahomes and Josh Allen, two of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. To me, I want a Super Bowl more than I give a fuck about putting a statue of Baker up in 10 years because we didn't suck with him as quarterback. I want a championship. I don't give a fuck about these individual stats. 
It's like the people that still think Bernie Kosar is some amazing quarterback. Bernie was okay. Bernie, in the grand scheme of things, and the outside looking in, wasn't a very good quarterback. If you're picking a team, if you're starting a team, you don't even think about Bernie Kosar as your quarterback. However, in Cleveland, he's a local legend because we, we were good with him. Sure. It wasn't because Bernie was an MVP candidate or anything like that. Bernie was far from that. He never had an MVP caliber season. He's not even close to a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? It's just Browns fans put these guys on pedestals. And I'll revert back to fucking uh, Brian Hoyer. That guy sucks dick. He's a horrible quarterback. He, The Browns were winning in spite of him being a decent, an average to below average game manager quarterback. And Browns fans were ready to give him the keys to the ship. Don't get me wrong. Johnny Manziel obviously came in after Brian Hoyer and wasn't any better. It was, was horrible. It was way worse. But to act like Brian Hoyer, we missed out on some fucking godly quarterback, just shows you the... the it's, it's more depressing as a Browns fan because I think it just shows you how bad the Browns have been that they're so quick to jump on and, and clamor about a guy that wasn't that good. And that's what I'm afraid of is happening with Baker. Baker's... He's got a good personality. He's fun to listen to. He's got good, good sound bites. As a quarterback, though, he's... Pretty average. Again, I've brought it up before. Look up the one lone year Case Keenum started in Minnesota with Kevin Stefanski as his, as his offensive coordinator. Damn near identical stats. They went like 13-2 and two with Case Keenum as a starter because I think he only played 15 games after Bradford got hurt. The touchdowns were damn near identical. Yards were identical. Low interceptions. Everything was identical to Baker's last season. We just can't bring up Baker around you. You just Which go. Is, you just go. It's just. It's just. I give facts. <laughs> but again, that's why I don't want Browns fans to get mad when I don't pick them to win the Super Bowl this year because I need to see Baker play at an MVP caliber level before I can ever put us in that conversation. We're in a different day and age. This isn't the Trent Dilfer era where you can have a shitty quarterback and still win a Super Bowl. It just doesn't happen like that in the NFL these days. I know the last one I can really think of was Nick Foles. The Eagles just had a fucking fluky, crazy postseason. And more power to them, they won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. But Nick Foles also played really, really good football in in the playoffs. It's not like they, they did everything around him mm-hmm. and like took the ball out of his hands. He did some amazing things, and their defense played great. So it's possible, but Baker really needs to step it up and put up some MVP numbers. But what's going to hurt him, and a lot of fans will say this too, we're a run-first team for the most part. We're run, run-heavy, and even though the numbers are going to look 50-50 run-pass, so many of our passes are quick little dink-and-dunk screenplays, etc. So to me, that's just a glorified run-play, a screenplay. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Baker's not doing anything special. You just Anybody could dink the ball off to a running back and let them do the work. But uh, But we are way more reliant on those little things like that. So I'm not saying... Baker needs to throw 50 touchdowns because mm-hmm. I know that's not how our offense is based. I just need Baker to just take it to that next level. Completion percentage needs to be up. Get rid of the fumbles. Just do the little things at the end of If you look at a lot of games last year for the Browns where the game was on the line, the ball was taken out of Baker's hands. I take you to the Dallas Cowboy game. We had a huge lead. We pissed the lead away. Kevin Stefanski kind of took the ball out of Baker's hand a little bit. It went to Odell. Uh, Jarvis Landry threw a touchdown. It kind of took the ball away. Against the Titans, we were pissing away that lead. They kind of took the ball out of Baker's hands, and then when Baker had the ball late in the game, he fumbled. Against the Jets, we needed Baker to be that franchise quarterback. We had guys out with COVID, guys out with injuries, were facing a shitty Jets team. We couldn't move the ball. Baker did not have a good game. We didn't do anything. That's the kind of game where a good quarterback needs to step it up and win that game. So it's little things like that that I need to see from Baker before I can really commit to him. And I think the Browns are in the same situation. There's a reason he doesn't have a new contract right now. Mm. And I think that's because... We're not paying you what Josh Allen got because Josh Allen just had an MVP season. You've had three 25, 26 touchdown seasons in a row. 
that's okay. But if you think you're getting Josh Allen money for that, you're out of your fucking mind, buddy. <laughs> that's kind of what I think the Browns are saying to him. So where do you have the Browns going then? I have them also going 12 and five. Okay. Um, I like their schedule. I like the, you know, obviously barring health and all that kind of shit. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, I think is just, he earned that coach of the year. I think he's a damn good coach. I think he's going to, we're going to win games. We're supposed to win. We're not going to lose them like years prior. Um, and we might get a couple surprise wins against some teams where it's going to be a 50-50 game going into it. And uh, I just, I, I like the Browns. I think overall they have a very, very loaded roster. Yeah. I'm very anxious to see this defense in full force. It looks great on paper. I need to see it. I think we're a little thin on the defensive line in terms of depth. One or two injuries, and I think we're really fucked in that situation, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I'm, I'm very nervous, especially about the end position. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, 12-5, and five, and I'm the same way I have them. Probably losing in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. To, like you said, either Buffalo or Kansas City. Unfortunately, I think the Super Bowl, at least the appearance of the Super Bowl, spoiler alert, is going to come down to Kansas City or Buffalo out of the AFC. Um. And that's all I got for the Browns. Yeah, I'm. I'm just anxious to get it going. Can't wait. I just want to. I, I just want to fast forward wait. seventeen. Again, weeks. I know I sound so bitter, and the people like take me like I'm a. I'm a oh, Browns, I don't give it away. The Browns whole fan, fifteen minute tangent of Baker. It's just. It's, it's just the facts. I want people to understand my thought process on it. Again, you can love Baker. I love Baker. I just I, love that you set yourself up for every week when Baker does well to get blown up. On right, your phone. and then when he does terrible, no. nobody wants. To hear I know. It. I'm just saying it goes <laughs> both ways. But I also don't like. I don't go out of my way to just rag on bad plays that he has. Like, like fans wait for something good to happen, then they talk shit. When something bad happens, they're like, eh, "Well, just I'm gonna hide for a little bit. At least own it. Like I own it." Um, and I, I tend to have a rebuttal for just about everything anybody says. That's why I just stop texting you sometimes. I'm like, I'm like, ah, oh, it's a good play. Move on with life. Because yeah, it could be a good play, but again, you know, Baker might have one throw where it looks like a great play, but it also it was a great catch by the receiver. Like Baker, me, like there was a stat today. Obviously, this was two years ago or something, but they said Odell Beckham had like 27, uh, I think it was 27 overall uncatchable balls thrown to him. To show you the inaccuracy of Baker Mayfield, he had the league, he led the league in uncatchable balls thrown what to him. What year was this? I think it was his first year here. First year here. Right. But again, that's just something with Baker that's an issue for me, is his completion percentage. It's, it's very low. It needs to go up a little bit. Um, to You know, Josh Allen, I use him as a prime example of a guy that's only gotten better every year in the NFL. <laughs> And last year, his completion percentage went up by almost 10%. That's crazy. I'm not expecting Baker to do that. But at least let's go above 65%. I'll be pretty happy there. Yeah. Just little things like that are little things that I'm looking for. And again, not to be a dick, the NFL is kind of in the same boat. There's a reason Baker isn't hasn't been to a Pro Bowl. Because his numbers are good. They're not anything special. Like, he's good. Great. But he's number one overall pick. Let's just hope he's good enough to get as far enough and, sure. and, and go from there. Don't get me wrong. I want a championship more than anything. That's why I'm hard on Baker. Because at the end of the day, the best quarterbacks usually win the Super Bowl. Or right. at least get there. <laughs> With that being said, fuck it. Let's just do our Super Bowl picks right off the rip. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Go ahead. You're, you're on a roll right now. so I am. I'm picking, I think it was the exact same I picked last year. I, uh, I'm going to go Green Bay against Kansas City. And I'm going to go with Green Bay wins a championship. Aaron Rodgers, last year, excuse me, last year, you thought he was pissed. You thought he had an axe to grind with the NFL and with the Packers in general, with the Jordan Love draft, with the lack of offensive players drafted for, for him. Now we move into this year where he tried to get traded. It's all but set in stone. He will not be a Green Bay Packer next year. 
this is it. This is the last dance for Aaron Rodgers. I think he goes out with a fucking bang. Really? I think Packers they, win I, the Super Bowl. I think they make the playoffs, but they lose in the first round, the Packers. I don't do. think so. I think Aaron Rodgers is a good team leader, and I think everybody respects him. And there's a lot of guys that are going to ball out because uh, I think Devontae Adams is up for a new contract. Yeah. And they interviewed him today, and they said, what are the odds you get your contract done before the season starts? He said, no, no chance. So I think that he's ready to leave Green Bay. He's probably going to try to follow Rodgers wherever he goes. He's, he wants out. I think all these guys, are they're honestly last dancing it. They're saying, fuck it, we're going out with a bang. Interesting. So you have Green Bay and... I'm going Green Bay. I want to say Kansas City. I also, part of me wants to kind of go Buffalo because Buffalo has looked good in the preseason. Josh Allen's really played great, but I just, I'm going to go with the the team that's proven it. So I'm going Kansas City, Green Bay. I'm going Green Bay, Super Bowl champions. Okay. I am going to go, I'm going, I'm going Buffalo. Okay. I think Buffalo is a good pick. Representing uh, the AFC. To make it into the uh, Super Bowl. But I'm also going to go um, back-to-back uh, Super Bowl champs here. Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. I think uh, I think Tom Brady now just has nothing to lose. He's done everything. Now it's just he's going to say, fuck it, we're going to go for it again. And he, is, I think he has his eyes set on the uh, NFL passing record for touchdowns in the season. That's what, 55, I believe? Something like that. Yeah, uh, Peyton Manning has uh, Peyton it. Peyton Manning has it. I think he's going to go for that because he has enough fucking weapons and he can get it done. So I sure. think I think this year he just said, fuck it, we're going. And I think they're going to go back-to-back, and I think your, your Super Bowl champion will be Tampa Bay. All right. We'll see what happens. That's what, eight rings for him if he takes that? Uh, is, it, is it seven or he's eight? He's got seven right now. Oh, he does? Okay. Yeah, yeah I eight. have no idea. Yeah, so eight, yeah. All right. Uh, MVP picks. Oh. So I, it's either going to be Mahomes or Brady, in my opinion. I, I, it's more than likely I think my favorite is probably going to be Patrick Mahomes, uh, as long as he stays injury-free. I think Mahomes is actually going to have a little bit of a down year, I think, with their, their revamped offensive line. And when I say down year, I don't mean he's going to play badly. I think mm-hmm. it's just going to be like by, by choice. They are going to purposely not put as much pressure on him. So for me, I think Mahomes is going to kind of have a – he's going to have a mediocre season, if you will, for him. It's going to look great still, but it's going to be for him. It's mediocre. You're not going to pick who I think you're going to pick, are you? Who do you think I'm going to pick? Uh, you're not going to go back-to-back with... Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not going Rodgers. Okay. I, I think a lot of leagues, and that's like something with especially the NBA, because realistically, LeBron James should have like 10 MVPs, but they like to kind of spread them out a little bit. So I don't think they're going to go back-to-back with Rodgers. I do think he's going to have a great year. Um, but I think I'm going to go with Josh Allen this year. Really? I think Josh Allen is going to take another step and just play great with Buffalo again, and I think they're going to give it to him. Interesting. Which would be crazy if two out of the two quarterbacks in the same draft class as Baker have MVPs, because Lamar obviously already has one. Well, he's a running back, but still. And, yep, just another piece for you to add to your... your... I know, that has nothing to do with Baker. That's just, <laughs> I just think Josh Allen has gotten better every year, and I think another offseason with McDermott, with that team, with Stephon Diggs now for a full offseason... I think maybe they take that another another step. So hmm. I'll go Josh Allen. That's my wild card. Okay, I uh, like it. MVP pick. Um, I do like Buffalo. I just like I like rooting for Buffalo. If I'm not rooting for oh sure, they're fun. The I mean, they, they're so much like a Cleveland team. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Jim Kelly years of the what is it three straight Super Bowls with losses four. four? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I'd blow my fucking brains out yeah. if I was a fan what of a, Buffalo and that happened. I remember watching the Super Bowls when I was a kid. Just like yeah, yeah you were like yeah, you were going through puberty. <laughs> I was I was in diapers. I think but... I actually was actually. Going through puberty. <laughs> it's crazy you say that. Um. Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. Offense. Offensive rookie of the year. It's tough, but I think I'm going to go with, and this is not a homer pick, but I'm going Justin Fields. 
I think mainly my reasoning for that is I think he will be the starting quarterback by week two or three. I think it'll be pretty quick. I think there's a, a short leash on Andy Dalton. So Justin Fields is going to get in there. Justin Fields is going to play. He's going to play well because Chicago has a really good team around him. Allen Robinson's one of the best wide receivers in football. He's very underrated. Um, they have Darnell Mooney, who's a good good wide receiver. They have Cole Kmet at, uh, at tight end. They have decent running backs in... Um, who do they have? Tariq Cohen's healthy. And then Montgomery. Yeah. And then Montgomery. So I'll go Justin Fields. I just think overall he's got the better weapons. You look at it usually goes to a quarterback. Yeah. And I don't think Mac Jones has the offensive power to I don't think I don't think they're gonna run an offense designed to make Mac Jones rookie of the year. They're gonna be very cautious with him. And then the Jets, I think Zach Wilson's gonna have some flashy days. He's gonna have some really bad days because they don't have a very good offensive line. They don't have a lot of talent on that team in general so I think that's what's going to hurt him and then same thing another guy that I really would like to pick for offensive rookie of the year would be Trevor Lawrence mainly because he's got some of the best weapons around him but I don't really like the team overall the mm-hmm. defense is terrible in Jacksonville so that's going to hurt him um, they're going to be losing a lot so teams are going to just be putting a lot of pressure on him so he's going to be forced to pass they lost Travis Etienne for the season but James Robinson is a as a secondary prize is not a bad thing that's a very right. good running back to have but again, if you're losing, you can't really run the ball as much as you'd like, so that's going to hurt Trevor Lawrence. There's going to be a lot of teams just blitzing. He can throw to uh, LaVisca Shellnot. They have Marvin Jones now on the team. They have some decent weapons for him to throw to. So for me, it's Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, but I'm just going to go with Justin Fields just because I think he has the better talent around him and a better defense to help keep them in games. It's a good pick, unless Andy Dalton just goes the entire season as a starting quarterback. If that's the case, then uh, <laughs> Matt Nagy will be fired by the end of the week. <laughs> so my my two picks, um, I had two picks and it came back and forth too. One was Mac Jones. I think okay. he has a potential to have a good year. And the other one, I went running back, Najee Harris. I I, okay. I feel if that if he if he has a season like I think he could have behind that horrible offensive line, then I think he deserves to be in the talks for rookie of the year because that, he's a hell of a running back. And yeah. if he produces well this year behind that line, I think he has to be thought about. But I'm I'm probably gonna go more toward. I'm gonna go Mac Jones. Safe pick, smart. Yeah, yeah. We'll but I, I'm interested to see what Najee Harris does because it's going to be interesting to see him. Yeah, uh, I, he's big enough. He's fast. I mean, then I think yeah. Pittsburgh's going to rely on it's him just, heavily. It's really about like, yeah, how 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 are they doing in a game? Can they afford to rely on the run game? Can they afford to, uh, you know, not throw because they have a lot of weapons to throw yeah. to, and yeah. Ben likes to throw. We know that, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a good pick. It's just their offensive line is so bad. It's hard to, it's hard to see much success in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that as a Browns fan. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good to it's good to not see Pittsburgh as the talk of the town. Um, defensive, I'll go first. Uh, my I came back again. Two people I was deciding between. One was Parsons, but I'm going to go with the home pick. I'm going JOK okay. as the rookie of the year. I think that guy is going to show a lot of shit this year, and I'm so excited he's on our team. I'm going Micah Parsons um, just because based on what I've seen, he looks like. He's a rookie that looks like he's been in the league for a couple of years sure. in terms of he knows where he knows how to get to the ball, make plays. Uh, Dallas's defense was really fucking bad last year, so they need somebody to step up and, and make some plays, and I think Parsons is going to be ready for that. And it looks like, I mean, obviously I'm getting all my information from watching Hard Knocks right. for the most part. Trevon Diggs looks very locked in at corner, which is good for them because their secondary was garbage last year. And then you add that linebacker, Micah Parsons, we'll see what he can do, but... Worst case, I look at it as if their 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 defense is terrible and they give up a lot of pass or they give up a lot of scores. Teams against them are going to run the ball to kind of kill clock. Parsons is going to get a shitload of tackles, yeah. so he might just 
luck his way into defensive rookie of the year, but I'm going to go with Parsons. Okay. Uh, overall defensive player of the year. Mm. Oh man. I, you know what? Fuck it. Miles Garrett. I, if he stays healthy, I think he, he, he gets it for me. It's miles Garrett, but it has <clears throat> nothing to do with his health. I mean, obviously, he well, no, I, I, I know what you say, but it's, it's with the other side of the line it's, there. It's his partner's help in Jadavian Clowney, because that's going to take so much pressure off miles Garrett. It's going to be pick your poison offensive yeah. linemen and, right. and tight ends and running backs. Who are you going to block and double team? Can't do it to all of them. Miles Garrett solo one on one against somebody. He wins that matchup all the time. And even double team Miles Garrett can win some shit. I also think he has a lot to prove. He uh, he saw T.J. Watt is about to get a huge contract. Um, well, he might. I guess Pittsburgh's kind of balking on that. I hope he sits. We'll see what happens. Honor your contract. So <laughs> we have Miles Garrett, who I think has a little bit of an axe to grind because I think he he knew he was in the discussion at least for uh, defensive player of the year last year before COVID. I think he wants it. He said he he's gone on record and said he wants to be what did he say the Michael Jordan of defense and shit like that. Like he wants to be one of the greatest of all time. The only way to get there is to play like that. Yep. You got to you got to play up to Aaron Aaron Donald's caliber. It's his to lose. It's, and uh, Aaron Donald is another guy. I almost took him again just because watching the Rams play. What a beast that it's, guy is. It's so fun to only watch Aaron Donald. Yeah. Like he, normally when you're, when you're watching a team on defense, you don't really even pay You watch all the, the moving parts behind it. You're watching here. more so the offense. Yeah. You're watching the quarterback. With sure. Aaron Donald, I'm locked in on him. Like against the Bears, I look forward to him destroying Andy Dalton. Oh, he is. He's he's just manhandles he's anybody so in front of him. He's so good. It's, it's insane. When they zoom in on him, his technique the way he can shed a guy, it's he's so fucking yeah. good and disruptive. He changes the entire game. Yep. So, yeah, he's he's my second choice, but Miles Garrett, I'm I, going I, with the homer pick. Yep. I think Miles Garrett's. And a good I just, choice. it's not even a homer pick. He really is one of the greatest defensive players. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder because he was 15th overall in the top 100 NFL players. He's not happy about that. So, I'm going Miles Garrett. I love it. How many sacks? Oh, it's tough to say. Did you break the record. See, I don't know, because I also think the teams could just say, fuck it, we're going to make Jadavian Clowney do the work, so we're going to double-team him, and we'll let Clowney try to go one-on-one, because Clowney's 30 years old, and he's injury-prone. So teams still might focus on Garrett. I don't think he's going to get the record, um, but I could see him close to 20, okay. easily. I think, yeah. he, I think he could he could easily lead the league. I had him at, had him at 19 or 20. Yeah, yeah. I got him up there about 18, 19, give or take. So yeah, I think he'll lead the league, but I don't think he'll set the record. Yeah. But it will be enough, and I think he'll do enough on just the tackling in general. He'll, he'll disrupt run, run plays pressures on the quarterback shit like that that's really going to elevate him to to be in the discussion so we'll see what happens i'm excited now the fun part our week one pick i missed this play along at home it's been so long everybody um let's do it so let me write this down really quick we're gonna go 2021 week one picks a little k for care and a little j for me start it off thursday night bucks cowboys i think we're gonna both have the same pick here yeah we're going tampa bay yeah <laughs> tampa it Bay's... might be an it might be a fun game to watch because i think dallas might surprise people their play but at the end of the day it's tampa i think bay. dallas is gonna dallas will be able to keep up a little bit with tampa bay i mean i don't expect tampa bay's defense played on another level when the playoffs started last year i don't think they're gonna keep that up for an entire 17 no, they can't season. they're That's asking old. way too much <laughs> so I do think they're going to come out a little laxed. Um, Dallas's offense can easily score. My question is, how healthy is Dak Prescott really? He's missed a shitload of time in camp. He's from the rumors I saw basically is that his ankle was so fucked up. He tried to come back, and he's he's nervous to plant on that foot. 
So it's causing him to throw in a different way, which is causing him shoulder pain because his arm's not used to throwing in that motion. So he's kind of double fucking himself. The mental thing's a serious thing. He's afraid of planting on that foot. Same thing with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, they they said, is a little bit afraid to plant on his leg. So with, with Dak afraid to plant, he's throwing the ball funny, which is now causing shoulder issues for him. So... It's it's a whole thing. He's, and that defense is going to eat that. He's the key to he's the key to the Cowboys. He needs to stay healthy. That's what fucked him last year. So uh, we'll see what happens. I think it'll be a fun game, but at the same time, I'm going Tampa Bay. Yep. That's a that's a pretty easy one for both of us. So we'll go Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. Now we move into Sunday, one o'clock. The the Texans and the Jaguars, aka the Prisoner game. They won't even play this in prison. They don't want to watch it. They'd rather sit in a dark cell. <laughs> Um, I think uh, I got Jacksonville taking that one. I, I, I do too. I think Urban Meyer starts off one and zero. Trevor Trevor Lawrence is going to get his feet wet. He's going to get his yep. grounding a little bit, and and that's a good game to open Again, the season up to. Two really bad teams, but the Jaguars' offense I think is just a little bit better. Yep. They get the yep. edge, and overall, in a one on one game with two shitty teams, I tend to go with the better quarterback, and that's obviously Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Tyrod Taylor. Yep, I agree. So, good pick, Jacksonville. The same for both of us. Next game we have is. Chargers traveling to Washington. Um, I got Chargers in this one. Okay. Even though I think it's going to be a good game, though. Um, I think Washington has a pretty good team, especially their defense. Yeah. But I think uh, Justin comes out pretty early and uh, shows that he's going to be a, a good quarterback for that team. For me, two things I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, later or Earlier today, I read Austin Eckler is not practicing. Oh, yeah. I just he saw was on the sidelines. So that that's not good too. if he's banged up. He's a huge part of their offense. And I think Washington has one of the best defenses in football. Mm-hmm. I also think it's a tough situation for a second-year quarterback, rookie, or I think a rookie head coach. I know it's a first-year head coach with the Chargers. I also think he's a rookie head coach. I, I don't remember who it is off the top of my head. Uh, you're traveling across the country, literally, to Washington. You have a 1 o'clock game where your internal clock is only 10, 10 o'clock. o'clock. So for me... I'm going Washington. I think Ron Rivera is just the veteran coach. He's going to have his team ready going against the veteran in Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, let's be honest, that dude usually starts off the first, like, six weeks fucking dynamic. Yeah. He's on a new team, but again, that defense, I think they're going to cause a little disruption with Justin Herbert. I think it's going to be a good game, but I'm going to give the edge to Washington just because teams traveling that far, really, it's it's a huge thing. I don't think a lot of people realize how big uh, traveling is. Our first difference. So you're going... Los Angeles Chargers, I am going Washington. Next up, we have the Seahawks. Same thing, traveling quite a ways to the Indianapolis Colts. I, d- I don't trust anything the Colts are going to do. For me, it goes back to what I said about Fitzpatrick. For whatever reason, Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks start off the season always, yeah, almost always, like 5 or 6-0. and oh. mm-hmm. Dominant, looks like an MVP candidate, and then the wheels fall off entirely. The Colts, I'm with you. They have a good defense. Offensively, though, I'm a little worried. Quentin Nelson's banged up. Uh, Carson Wentz obviously just had ankle. How much can you trust Carson Wentz? He's coming back. He he's trying to practice now. He was on the COVID list. He just had foot surgery. Darius Leonard's a little bit banged up. I just think the Colts are in a situation where they're not exactly ready for this game. Yeah, I'm taking Seattle. I'm going Seattle. Next up, we have another prisoner inmate game: Jets and Panthers. I bet your friends love that. They're excited for this one, aren't they? Oh, uh, my friends think Zach Wilson is the second coming of quarterbacks. They think he's Aaron he's had Rogers a good preseason, 2.0. but that's all you see of him. He has, but when you actually break the film down, which I do because I'm that kind of person, when somebody sends me something, I look at everything. I watch how many times they're ever. I, I, I literally screenshot. I probably deleted him right now, but I screenshot every fucking pass in this highlight reel. No, I still have him. 
every pass in this highlight reel my friend showed me of, of Zach Wilson. Look at how close defenders are to him on these passes. So that guy's catching it right there in the middle. Not a defender within like five yards. Wide open. <laughs> Here's another one. Little screenplay. Not a defender within three yards of that you guy. He's wide open. You are that dick, aren't you? This play, they try to highlight. Not a guy within ten yards of him catching that ball in the middle. <laughs> uh, then we go to this one. This was a broken play. This is one that my friends were huge fans of. I don't have the proper angle of it, but it was a broken play. And there's a guy cutting in the middle of the field wide open. Touchdown. Easy. All day. Zach Wilson missed him. He threw it to the sideline because he was nervous to a guy who was, again, wide open catching on the sideline. <laughs> it was a completion, but it was wide open. And we have another one. Guy catching it right in front of the end zone. Wide what, what fucking are, open. What are the responses back after you go through and break these down? Oh, they just tell me that he has elite field vision and he's throwing guys open and shit like that. I said, guys don't get that open in the NFL because there's a fun fact well, for how, the Jets what, fans. What, uh, what string defense were they playing? Zach Wilson played one starting NFL player in the whole preseason. There was one guy, I forgot who, on the Packers that played against that, the Jets. That, that's a big... Everybody else were fighting to make the team. That's, that and that that's speaks what I volumes right there, too. That's exactly what I that's told why them. They, I mean, what, well, that's why they were so wide open. Exactly. They're playing against guys that probably didn't even make the team. <laughs> so, I digress in the Jets' hate. Well, but, that uh, leads to me picking because I'm taking Carolina in this game. I am as well. Yeah. I think a, a, a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach in, in New York traveling to Carolina. And I think um, um, I think um, McCaffrey needs to come out and get the, sh- the rush shaken off, and he does quite early. The Jets, I'll give him credit, the Jets' defensive line is really good. Um, it doesn't matter. They have it's a very McCaffrey, good defensive though. line. But, yeah, that's th- there's only so much that you can really do. And I know the Panthers have a bad offensive line, but I think you can game plan around that with McCaffrey because yeah. you have to respect them. Oh, you have yeah. to respect Christian he, McCaffrey. He breaks out of the backfield. You can pass it to him, throw it to him. He's he's going he's gonna to beat you up. And the other thing, too, is I think Sam Darnold wants a little bit of revenge against his old team. What are the odds? You have a guy that he was just their starting quarterback yeah. three years ago, drafted first round, uh, number three overall, two overall. Yeah. Um, and they moved on already. They, they got their new guy in there, and he's I think he's ready for a little revenge. So I'm going Carolina as well. Next up, we have the Minnesota Vikings traveling to Cincinnati. Uh, Minnesota for me all day. I just – Burrow's first game – Burrow is starting, right? Yeah, Burrow's first game back. Yeah, he's supposed to be back. Yep. I, I don't think he or trusts – he, back, he has no offensive line to protect him. He's going to be skittish in the pocket the entire game. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just think Minnesota has it. They're a solid team, and they were a solid team last yeah, year. Yeah, Minnesota's just one of those veteran teams that they're going to win at least eight games a year, mm-hmm. give or take. They're they're going to score. They have Dalvin Cook healthy. I mean, Kirk Cousins is, is a decent quarterback. He, he he shows up. Justin Jefferson, obviously. Adam Thielen, just a good I offense. Got a lot, I got a lot riding on Justin Jefferson this year. I Who picked doesn't? him on a lot of my teams. And their defense is pretty <laughs> solid. I mean, they just gave Harrison Smith that huge contract to keep him there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, Bengals, I, think, I just think I think Zach Taylor's a shitty coach. I think that's a bad situation for sure. Cincinnati. Um, their offensive line, they didn't really do anything to improve it. Not that the Vikings' defensive line is anything special, but I still think that the Bengals' offensive line is that shitty. Um, Jamar Chase has looked terrible in the preseason. He has a shitload of drops. He looks like he's kind of like a head case a little bit, like he's super nervous. Um, so until I see them show me otherwise, I'm picking mm-hmm. against the Bengals. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, the Bengals, I think Minnesota takes The Bengals are the kind of team that maybe touchdowns. they're going to win like six games this year. It's not going to be anything special. One of them probably be against Cleveland, one of those fluke There's games. There's a chance. <laughs> um, so, yeah, both both go in Minnesota here. Next up, we have Arizona Cardinals traveling to the Tennessee Titans. This is going to be a good game. I'm excited to see this game. Um, but I'm taking Arizona in this one. Uh, for me, I'm going the same reason I went with the Washington Redskins. I think Arizona traveling across the country to Tennessee. Tennessee now has Julio oh, Jones. Oh, I take that back. I took Tennessee. Oh, you did? I did. But, I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking Arizona, but I took yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, no, I, I'm going Tennessee. If it was a home game for Arizona, I would probably go Arizona. But because it's it's on the road, 
uh, I'm going to go with the Titans. It's a coin flip game for me. It, it really is. It's a 50-50. For me, it just boils down to um, the head coach. I think mm-hmm. Mike Vrabel is a much better head coach than Cliff Kingsbury. And I also think that just that travel from Arizona to Tennessee, yeah. is, it's a hell, of a hell of a distance. I guess to keep true with this, I'll just stick with Tennessee then. Sounds good. So Tennessee for both of us. So right now our only difference is that Washington game. Washington and Chargers. Uh, next up we have the Niners at Detroit. Detroit's one of those teams, me personally, I think they're going to be battling Houston for the number one overall pick. I think they're really bad. Uh, Dan Campbell seems like a fucking idiot. Um, it's his second go as being a head coach. I don't know how this guy keeps getting hired. Uh, he looks just like PC Principal. He's a loud mouth. A hard knocks for that team would have been hilarious with him as a coach. First year head coach. I know, Next but year they couldn't they do be eligible. If he saying, survives his I'm just first saying it would have been hilarious. He might not survive one season. So I think this is an easy one. I'm going San Francisco. Oh, yeah, there. San Francisco. This is, this, is my, this is my lead pipe lock of the week. San Francisco wins this game. And this is your, this is your pick if you had to pick somebody. I got a buddy at work who's in a survivor pool, and he's he's thinking about going Green Bay over New Orleans. We'll get to that in a little bit. But I told him, I said, my lock of the week is the Niners over the over the Lions. There's no question. Yeah. They're going to win this game. Absolutely. Yeah, San Francisco, definitely. Next up, two. I don't know. It's not finishing off the 1 o'clock games. We have two left. Uh, we have Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Interesting week one matchup. I think that could be a really good game. This is one that could have been the Sunday night game of the week. Uh, definitely going to be a good game. But uh, Buffalo, I think Buffalo is going to. I just, I just think Buffalo is an overall better team. They're at home. Um, I know Pittsburgh started off extremely hot last season. But there's a lot of in-house fighting. For those of you that don't know, there were rumors just a couple days ago that Minka Fitzpatrick and Chase Chase Claypool got into a huge fight in the middle of practice. Excuse me. So there's infighting. What, Ben's, did he now want to do a TikTok with him Ben's or something? Ben's begrudgingly or? back. No, no, that's that's uh, Juju. Oh, okay. Ben's, Ben's back, even though some of the fans didn't want him back, even though he's getting older. Maybe the team didn't really want him back. I just think there's a lot of turmoil in Pittsburgh. So I'm going with the steady team with the better culture. Give me Buffalo. Yes, Buffalo, definitely. Next up, this will round off the 1 o'clock games. We have the Philadelphia Eagles at Atlanta Falcons. Battle of the Birds. Take it away, Kyle. Um, I'm going to Atlanta here. I think um, it's going to be the coming out party for Mr. Kyle Pitts. Uh, I think he's going to have a hell of a game. It's going to be Matt Ryan's favorite go-to target this year, I believe. Um, but, yeah, I think Atlanta wins this one. Philadelphia, I'm not sure. I mean, they're t- I don't know what their team is. I don't know who Philly, they are, me, what their identity is this, this is, year. This is two really bad teams playing each other. Two sure. bad defenses. Um, I went with the Eagles, so we have our different Another difference, difference. Okay. I went with the Eagles only because um, Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. He obviously lost Julio Jones. I think Calvin Ridley's going to have a hell of a year, and then now Kyle Pitts being there is huge for them. Uh, their lack of run game is kind of nervous for me. Uh, both defenses are pretty bad. So I'm just going to go with the, the the more athletic offense. I'm going with Jalen Hurts. I think they're going to scramble a lot. There's going to be a lot of, like, busted plays. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's going to be just the Eagles are a better team. I think it's going to be, like, they got they kind of lucked out. Sure. And for whatever reason, the Falcons just have this fucking dark cloud over their head where they blow <laughs> so many leads. All, all they from Tom Brady. They lose games in the weirdest ways I've ever seen. And, again, I'm going with that. I, I'm kind of playing that in here with sure. busted plays. I think it's just going to be a lot of, like, Here's a scramble from Jalen Hurts that should have only been a five yard game. It's a fifty yard touchdown he pass. Scored. Yeah. yeah, so I'm going. I'm going Philly here. But yeah, I'm, I, this was Atlanta. a gamble. This is really a coin flip of a game. Um, to especially it's hard week one because I have nothing to base anything off of. Right. I'm going in on what I saw last year, what I know a little bit about this year, and for me, I just think with Devontae Smith, I think that kind of evens out the offensive power with Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. They both have these rookie weapons to use, and I just. 
I like the athleticism of Jalen Hurts. Don't get me wrong. I think Jalen Hurts is a shitty quarterback, and <laughs> there's a reason they traded for Gardner Minshew. I think they know he's not a good quarterback also, but I'm just going to go with the Falcons' curse, and I'm going with uh, the Eagles. Next up, now we're in the 4 o'clock games. We will we'll just do it. We'll get it out of the way. Browns and Chiefs. <laughs> You leave it. I'm going earlier. It's the, you know I'm just going in order on the page here. And... I'm sticking with what I picked here. I'm picking with my 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 head, not my heart. I'm going Kansas City in this one. As am I. I just think on the road, Arrowhead's a tough place to play, especially with a full stadium. It's, it's going to be a warm game. Like obviously, it's tough enough to play in the cold, but you're going to have a full stadium. You're going to have people are going to be fucking out of their minds talking shit because they know the Browns are now a threat to them. So I think the fan base is going to be crazy. It's a full stadium. It's already a loud stadium. It's already a, a hostile environment. Um, so I'm going with Kansas City also again. Same thing. The Browns defense, they've practiced a shitload together, but they've only practiced against the Browns offense. They've yet to play at the actual NFL level. So I think that's going to be kind of I mean, an it's awakening. It's not a bad offense guys. to practice against. Exactly. But it's... You're literally starting off with like so many new players on defense against the best offense in football, arguably. Yep. So yep. for me, I think it's too tough of a hill to climb week one. I'm going to go with Kansas City just because this is one of those two good teams playing each other. I'm going to go with the home team, and I'm going to go with the team that's a little bit more proven. Yep. So going Agreed. Kansas City. Yep. Next up, we have Green Bay at New Orleans without Drew Brees. They officially have Jameis Winston, the starter. Um, still no Michael Thomas. A lot of injuries and shit to deal with down in, in New Orleans. They just cut Latavius Murray. So Wait, Tony, Man, they did him dirty. Well, I mean... <laughs> They couldn't it's, even. It's kind of funny because my buddy, I help him draft his team every year, and he always asks me for some surprise picks. And I said, Tony Jones Jr. He said, Who the fuck is that? The guy's not even on the page. Like, I've never even heard of him. I'm like, Tony Jones Jr. will be the number two running back in New Orleans at some point this season. Didn't think it would be this quick, but I knew he would be the number two running yeah. back in New Orleans. And sure enough, they cut Latavius Murray, so Tony Jones Jr. is the number two running back. But when you have Alvin Kamara as the number one, you're not going to see that much time. Yeah. It's not like it makes a huge difference, but. Um, with, with, with Latavius Murray getting cut this week with Michael Thomas being out and on the IR or the pop, or no, he's on the IR. I'm sorry. Um, Jameis Winston coming out there. Their number one receiver is Marquez Calloway. I, I'm just, give me the veterans in Green Bay. I'm going. Yeah, it's Green Bay easily. I think it's an easy win for Green Bay. I think it's a nice warm up game for Aaron Rodgers. So Green Bay, pretty easy pickings there. Again, my buddy from work, those are the two teams that he was looking at. He said... He was thinking about picking Green Bay as his pick'em. Uh, next up, we have Broncos and Giants. Another really bad game. Mm. Yeah, this another coin flip, but I don't like the Giants at all. So I'm going. I don't either. I think they're very poorly coached. Yeah. I don't believe in Daniel Jones. No. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a very, very, very serviceable quarterback. Uh, he won the starting job from Drew Locke, which was pretty easy. Denver's got a couple more weapons they can play with. Denver's offense is healthy. Uh, Saquon Barkley, they're still not even sure if he's going to play. He's questionable. Aside right from now. Barkley, they signed Kenny Galladay, which I don't think Kenny Galladay is that good of a, a wide receiver personally. They drafted Kadarius Tony in the first round, which I thought was a huge reach for the Giants. Um, overall, I just think the Broncos are the better team. I think the Broncos have a chance now that they're healthy with with Chubb, with Von Miller, with Justin Simmons at safety. They have a damn good team, honestly, on paper. They need to figure out the quarterback situation, which is why they're a rumored team to be. Heavy in the air and Rodgers sweepstakes for next year because they are that one quarterback away. On offense, Cortland Sutton got hurt week one last year, missed the entire season. He's back. He's fully healthy. Jerry Judy, you drafted, uh, I forgot Williams. his name. Yeah. Williams. Jim, yeah. Jim, Jim, Javante Williams, yep. the running back. So give me Denver on the road. Yep, I got Denver too. All right. Next up, we have 
Miami at New England. This is going to be a good game, I think. I, I think so, too. I, I love, I hate Tua. Everything else, I love what Brian Flores has done with the Dolphins. He's turned I, that franchise around. I think around. Miami's a year team. or two away from being Their defense is really, really decent. But with that said, I'm going with, with, with New England. I think Mac Jones is going to have a good game. I think uh, you're going to see why they cut Cam Newton and went with him. Um, I think New England wins that game. Another difference here. Oh, I'm going Miami. Three differences, huh? Uh, okay. I just think uh, New England, obviously they're a good team. I just think the the, the rookie going against – I think Brian, Brian Flores comes off the Bill Belichick tree. So mm-hmm. he learned how to game plan against rookies. I think he's going to kind of do that. But two is essentially a rookie in my opinion. Sure. Like, I know he's in year two technically, but I think that Bill's going to obviously have some things looking out for him. But the the Patriots have a, a few too many guys missing. I know uh, Stephon Gilbert or Gilmore is uh, – he's out. Um, I forgot who else. They have a couple guys that aren't going to be playing. Uh, so, overall, I'm just going with my gut. I'm going Dolphins. I just All think right. against the rookie quarterback, I think the Dolphins' defense is going to be up for the challenge. So One of us is taking a decent lead after week one here. I'm not, not going to be gonna be up there. So you're going... Whoops, I'm sorry. I wrote the wrong team there for you. You are going New England. I am going Miami. All right, now we go to Sunday Night Football on NBC. Bears at Rams. I think this one's pretty easy for both of us. Yeah, but I'm Rams. I'm going Rams, yeah. absolutely. I'm excited to see Matt Stafford with them because Jared Goff is... He's a poor man's version of Baker Mayfield, in my opinion. Um, he's a game manager quarterback. Jared Goff, don't get me wrong, one of the best deep balls you're going to see a quarterback throw, but that only gets you so far. Baker's kind of in the same situation. Baker's a great deep ball thrower, but overall, not a, not. you saw what happened with Goff in the Super Bowl, and you saw what Goff has done since and even before that. He's good, not great. That's why they got rid of him. They upgraded with Matt Stafford. If Stafford can stay healthy and he can not turn it over, I think the Rams are in really good shape. They could potentially come away out of the West. Um, but yeah, with Andy Dalton starting... Uh, I'm not sold on the Bears. I really don't like Matt Nagy as a head coach. I'm shocked they still kept him in, in Chicago. So I'm going Rams. Pretty easy pickings there. Now we have the doubleheader Monday night. Always fun week. Or wait, no, is there only one game just this week? Just one game. Oh, years prior they used to do two. I thought <clears> they were doing two. Just one. Hmm, all right, shows what I know. All right, well, let's get to that one game. We have the Ravens at Las Vegas Raiders. They open up the fucking Death Star, the new stadium. That's uh, a hell of a stadium. What is stadium. it, Allegiant Stadium? Yeah, it's, it's a hell like of a stadium. Beautiful. It's fucking... For me, with how much I wear black and shit, you'd almost think that I'd be a Raiders fan, which, you know, if the Browns ever move again, that might be the team I go with, but um, <laughs> the stadium's beautiful. It's fucking awesome. Uh, it's going to be cool to see them open it up. We haven't had a chance to break everything down yet, but for those of you that follow football, you've probably seen the Ravens are fucked. The Ravens have lost... I think they have like a, an ACL bug in camp. Yeah. They, <laughs> they they have some key pieces out for the offensive line. Their offensive line just isn't that great to begin with. When you're a run-oriented team, that's your biggest concern is your run game. And you have J.K. Dobbins, your star running back, first-round pick from last year, torn ACL. Your backup uh, running back, I forgot his name. Uh, uh, yeah, just the other night, tore his ACL. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Gus Edwards no. is technically the backup. It was a backup then to your him. third string is yeah. like I forgot his name, Tyson Williams or something. Yeah. Something I forgot his name off the top of my head. Uh, tore his Achilles, so they're fucked. They just signed Le'Veon Bell to the practice squad. But when you run that offense with Lamar Jackson, that you need a running game to let Lamar Jackson loose. Without that running threat, you're not really a threat. With that being said, I honestly don't remember who I picked here on the Pickums page, so I'm gonna have to go back and see that. Um. 
my gut wants to pick the Raiders, but I really don't remember who I picked. Okay, I went Baltimore. This was obviously before they lost their other running back, but again, he's not their starter, so I don't think it makes that huge of a difference. But uh, for whatever reason, Mike Mayock and John Gruden have been like oil and vinegar together. They're terrible. Yeah. Um, they well, actually oil and vinegar go go well together, but they like they you know separate. I mean? Yeah, they they don't settle <laughs> properly. Is what I'm trying to get at. Those two just don't. I don't think those two are a match made in heaven. There's already rumors coming out that say if the, if the Raiders have a bad season. Gruden has a 10-year contract, so he's not going anywhere for a couple more years probably. But the rumors say Mike Mayock would be out. John Gruden would stay. So with that being said, I think they're going to piss down their leg in their opening night in Oakland or Las Vegas, I mean. And uh, I'm going Baltimore. Yeah, I, I went Baltimore only for the simple fact is I don't care who you have back there. You have Lamar Jackson, and I think you have a very poorly ran team on yeah. the other side of the ball. The, the Raiders are just a shit show, so... I mean, you have one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL, but you don't know what the fuck to do with them. Yeah, they are just poorly coached. I think John Gruden was out of football for too long. He didn't adapt, and, and they have a good they have a good cornerbacks. They have good linebackers. That's why they have yet like, to progress. They have all these good players in defense, but you never know, what, know to, what to do with them. It's like you can't mold them and into you have, something. I mean, Derek Carr or David Carr, or Derek. I'm sorry, Derek Carr. Surprisingly, one of the better quarterbacks. Yeah, he's a good quarterback too. They have Darren Waller. You have all these weapons. They have Ruggs. You have Josh Jacobs. They have Ruggs. You now they have, have uh, yeah, you drafted Henry Ruggs last year. You have uh, who's their other running back? Didn't they just sign a guy? I'm not sure, but I mean, Josh Jacobs is always like top ten running back in the league. Yeah, he's with a good his numbers. Back. They have good, but good again, players. they can't put anything together. Right. So, and I'm Baltimore's going... defense is is pretty legit. Yeah, you know what Baltimore's defense is going to be. They're they're a good defense. Yeah. They are who they are. Um, don't get me wrong, their lack of a run game is going to hurt them, but I think Gus Edwards will be just fine for this week, at least, for the Raiders. Um, Can we talk about the funny story uh, real quick about the Raiders, about how they tried to trade back for Yeah, they tried Cleo to get Mack. Cleo Mack again. <laughs> That's hilarious so One of me. the first things John Gruden did when he went to <laughs> to the Raiders was traded away Cleo It just Mack. says how poorly managed they and are. And then he got a shitload of first-round picks, and you're like, all right, you know what? He got a fucking haul. What do you do with those first-round picks? All busts. They draft terribly in Oakland. Yep. Well, at the time they were in Oakland. Now they're in, in Las Vegas. They drafted terribly with those picks. They were not able to take advantage of them. Now they realize they could really use a guy like him, so they tried to get Cleo Mack back, and that just wasn't going to happen. That just no t- way. speaks to how bad they are. Right exactly. Now. That's that's one of the reasons why Mike Mayock's head is now on the chopping block. Yeah, yeah. And John Gruden's would be right behind him, except they gave Gruden a ten-year contract. So ten-year, hundred million dollars. They're going to let him play a cup. They're going to let him stay there a couple more years before they cut yeah, him. Right. But yeah, I got Baltimore winning that one. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the season kicks off tomorrow. We cannot wait. We are excited. We will do weekly picks uh, one way or another. If we can't do a full episode, we'll find a way to get them on here and do all that shit and keep up with you guys. Keep up with yourselves at home. If you want to send in your picks before the game starts, do that. And you can compare with Kyle and myself. We'll see who, who ends up winning the season. Should be good. Can't wait. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Later.